look sexy on, baby. Welcome back to another episode, guys. My haircut looks sexy on the second week. I feel like sometimes when you first get a cut, it doesn't look as sexy, and then you need like a week for it to grow in. My DM used to always say that, but it looks extra scrumptious. I actually don't like getting my haircut. I don't. I don't enjoy going to the salon. So. Well, speaking of new hair, <laughs> I installed this hair? today. I installed this today. Okay, Took sure. me three and a half hours. Installing About. pieces. Does the natural community appreciate you installing pieces, or are they against that too, or is it just? Um, is it just no, 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 no. A lot of people us. in the natural community still wear protective styles all the time. Like they'll put in either these are these are twists. They'll do box braids or anything. They'll even do those. Um, they'll even do those loose braids that are like braid at the top, but then it's like undone at the end. They're like boho braids. Like they'll do. They'll do all types of protective styles in the natural community. And then they'll keep it in for like four to six weeks, take it out, wear their hair natural again until they decide like another protective style later. I don't, I'm not, I don't do back to back protective styles. So like once I take this I out, my hair is going to be like out for a while until I decide to do something else. I, I may actually do this again. Community. I love it. Okay. Okay. I like it though. I like it though. See, I feel like Thank I'm you. <laughs> I'm actually going to buy another color that's closer to my actual hair color. That actually is my hair color. This is a light brown, so it's like brown. I like blonde. it. I think it, it brings me back to um. Oh, you're probably gonna hate me for this, but it brings me what? back to like early. There was a space where Beyonce was doing that, and I'm trying to remember what age. What age oh, I know what you're talking about. I think it was early 2000s Beyonce. Oh, I'm not gonna hate you. It's fine. Early 2000s Beyonce. That's what it reminds me of. Early That's fine. 2000s I'm about it. Like this is this is fun. I actually. I, my sister, my sister actually really wanted me to actually try this hair color because it's, it is literally a shade lighter than my natural hair. And then the tips are another shade up. So it's like, I like it, man. I've been telling you to try, to try to, to do it. Yeah. The next, the next, you know what's the next thing I actually want to do other than twist? I actually want to install faux locks. I don't know how to do that, but I want a particular one. I want butterfly locks. So I have to learn how to do that. So YouTube is my best friend for that. So I learned to put these Which in. Which ones are locks? Which ones are so, faux locks are the ones that look like dreads, but they're they're not real and they're like on your they're installed in your hair. But there's a version called butterfly locks where there's pieces of hair that kind of come out of it, so it's a bit more messy, but like still really nice. I want to do both of them, but I've always really wanted butterfly locks. So I have to learn how to do that next. Okay. Is that the one you showed me with um, Lisa Bonet's daughter? No, those are like boho braids. Those are the ones where they're braided at the top and only to like here and then they're undone. That's another thing. I don't know how that would actually look on me, but I will say one thing. I have complete respect for hairstylists who do this for a living because it took me three and a half hours to install this. I messed up twice and had to undo them and do it again. And the amount of time and the effort to actually like try and part my hair decently, not being able to see the back of my head Honestly, when you when you go and get your and you pay for this, I understand why it is so expensive. I've always known why getting your hair done is expensive, but installing hair, I understand now why getting like a senior stylist to install your hair is like $300. I have complete respect for that. I just don't have the patience to sit in a salon. Like I've never I've never enjoyed getting my hair cut. I've never enjoyed I don't like it. I think it's a waste of time, but that's just because I don't personally enjoy it. 
There are some women who love going to the salon and having their hair washed and the whole shebang. Not me. I, I, not really. I don't, I don't really get, I've only had my nails done twice in my life and I don't wear fake nails. So it was just my natural nails painted. And even then I literally took it off like five days later. Okay. It's just, it's just not for you. Um, yeah. I, don't I feel know. like I, I have to go to the barbershop because I don't different. trust myself with a razor. So I feel like I have to go. No, but I know, I know dudes that don't go to the barbershop. Like they just cut. Yeah. But cutting your own hair is like an actual skill though. Yeah, I don't. I just, I just don't trust myself. And, and no, I, I know, but I'm just if saying that it's an like actual regular, skill. Like I respect people who do I, it because hard. Of course, of course. If I had like a regular um, Caesar cut, like a regular wave cut, then maybe yeah. I might attempt it. Because at the most yeah. I'm doing is just lining it up and kind of just getting the razor, putting it on one mode and just cutting it it's easy. But I think because mm-hmm. mine, it's like it's tapered and then there's different layers to it, and it's like I'm not doing all that. Um, I don't even. Most barbers couldn't even do my haircut to their hair, so. I'm not doing all that. And even when it comes to like shaving my beard and my mustache, I'll just lower it down. But I won't actually do it. I'll wait till I go to the barber. I don't trust myself, man. But I remember when I was younger, because I remember I went, my mom used to go to a salon. I remember going there with my mom and waiting for hours. Now she goes, well, not now, but ever since she's been going to like um, some woman's house. But before it was a salon, I'm waiting there for hours. I remember the barbershop when I was younger. Like, this is before they really had appointments. You would just show up there on, like, Sunday after church and just sit there for, like, four hours and just wait and just wait and go through all the hair magazines and all the Ebony and Jet magazines and just sit there and wait and wait. Oh, my God. I can never go back to that. I'm so glad, like, I have a relationship with my barber so I can just easily just send him a message, come at this time. Or I just I, I just wake up in the morning and tell him, you know, I'm going to come today. I said, no, most, most times I'll tell him, like, a day before. But if I had to do that, sit there, I don't think, I think I haven't sat there and waited for a haircut since, wow, maybe since like my early 20s. But I also think it depends on the relationship you got with your barber and how much you're paying Mm -hmm. your barber. Because the Mm -hmm. average barber will accept like 20 for a haircut. And if you're paying 20 for a haircut, no, just know you're going to wait. Like I pay my barber like 30, 40. So it's like, I'm not waiting. I'm just going right in. It's but so if you're paying interesting. 20 for the haircut, then no, you got to wait. It's so interesting to me, the difference of how much it costs for a woman to get her haircut versus a man. Well, we're not getting our hair washed, right? No one's washing. Our no, hair I know. But if you actually think about it, no, there, no, I've washed my own hair for the salon and I've been charged the exact same amount because I like my hair washed a particular way. I know I like to know my hair is actually clean. And I like to wash my hair a particular way. I like to also use my own shampoo and conditioner. I don't really like salon stuff. Um, so it's insane to me to think that like I wash my hair myself and then I go to the salon and it's just to cut my hair, by the way. Like I will actually, like I've blow dried and stretched my own hair myself. And it's still, I still walk out of there spending like over a hundred dollars because it doesn't, the just cost does not change. The cost does not change. I don't know if that's like if that's not true, but the cost does not change. Like I understand why when a woman gets her hair like cut and colored and all that nonsense, why it's so expensive because it's time. Like I understand that. I just find it crazy. Like a woman's average haircut is literally maybe starting between eighty or ninety dollars just for a haircut. Supply and demand, man. Supply. That's because you guys will pay for that shit. I know, and I think it has nothing to do with how much hair we have because there are guys who have long hair who still don't pay as much as we do. Just a cut? Just to cut the ends? Yeah, well, you can get a haircut. Well, to cut your ends, that's a trim. And that's still expensive. Like, you can still get a trim on your hair and still walk out of it. They're still paying, like, $78. What? 
and like it'll be just wow. like trim your even if that's including even if you get your hair washed every the whole the whole idea of the price is that it's supposed to include that stuff but like anything extra such as like a color or like anything like that or even a style i get why a style would be more money but just to go in and like wash wash my hair and you don't even they don't even really wash your hair per se i think they just rinse your hair like that's the way that i feel about it and then to blow dry and then to run like to take scissors and yes okay cut off the dead ends and like shape the hair to make it look nice and you're still running me over a hundred dollars that's still a lot of money wow i understand why twists and braids cost money because that's time and that's also a skill i've seen some braiders where i see them braid and i'm like well how are you doing that so fast and it's all so even and smooth and i'm like damn yeah i'm not like i can braid my own hair i can't braid anybody else's like i can braid my own hair but I can't braid anybody else's, I don't think. I've never really tried. I can't braid for shit. Braiding is I easy. I even learned how to braid. Braiding is easy once you know how to do it. it. But then again, my sister my sister used to braid my hair when I was a kid and do all these really cool styles. And I learned how to braid from her. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, let's jump into these. It's been two weeks? Yeah, we no had technical difficulties passed. last week. But two we're, weeks ago, we had severe technical difficulties with my computer acting up. Always technical difficulties. No, no, no. Well, uh, two weeks ago was really bad. So I remember I had this topic, and I wanted to bring it up and talk about it. So I'm trying to remind myself here. So anyone that's anyone that watches the world news will know of this topic. It was all over social media like two weeks ago. So the French president... Um, was out and about with his security team and he was greeting members of his country. So there's a video of it. So the way it looks is he's out and about coming down the street. He comes out of his car, he has his secret service and there's a bunch of people locked off by a fence and he's greeting them. And while he's greeting them, um, I'm not sure what he said to this individual, but the individual kind of called him closer and then slapped him across the face. And it was just a French citizen, just slapped him across the face. The, the Secret Service grabbed the French president. Someone ends up grabbing the guy. The guy gets arrested. The, the French president, like, after they grabbed him, he, like, then kind of walked up like he was going to do something. It's like, listen, you're, you're, you're a delegate. Like, why would you even attempt to do something? It makes no sense. So then they kind of, like, grabbed him again because he's a young guy. He's, like, in his – he's, like, Justin Trudeau. He looks he young. He's, like, in his 40s probably. Yeah, the French president um, is young. And then after that, um, the guy who slapped up the French president – only gets four months in jail. Okay. That's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. Okay. I don't mind a French president getting getting slapped. You already know how I feel. I um, I don't even like the French. Um, usually when I say I don't like people, I usually mean the government or the country. Okay. But I'm going to extend this one to the people. <laughs> okay. I think it's just because, let me explain this. So growing up in Canada... If you've ever been around French people, if you've ever traveled to um, Quebec, anywhere outside of Montreal, if you've ever spoken to French people, worked with French people, been in their house, the one thing that is that is said even in France and is said plainly here as well is that French people are rude. Um, rude, rude extends so many different ways. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just say rude, condescending, sometimes racist. Yeah, um, ethnocentric. They literally believe that the that they are the God's gift to the world. Uh, French people like to talk about themselves more than people in Caribbean islands. It it, it gets annoying. It gets annoying. Um, and uh, France. Um, 
France ain't shit. I, I don't I don't fuck with France. I never have fuck with France. France treats people like shit. I can go on about this, but I've talked about this in other episodes about the bullshit that France has done from the Muslim banning to da 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 It goes down the line. But the French president getting slapped, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think I'm shocked that the guy only got four months for that. Because in my mind, I'm like, there's a lot of people that would risk it. Mind you, we have a lot of people in our society who do things off impulse. They risk their freedoms every day for little shit. And we live in a politically driven world at the current moment. There's a lot of people that would slap a president for four months. I always thought if you did something like that, you would be in jail for years. Yeah. I never thought it would be four months. I, I, actually, I didn't even come to my mind it would be that short. There's a lot of people that are going to be open to giving it a try to get four months. People get four months for less. Robin I've never even heard of anyone actually getting the opportunity to slap someone who is either a president or a delegate or anything like that. I've never even heard of that. So mm-hmm. to hear that he got slapped, I would love to know why he got slapped. Like, what was it? Was the citizen, did they, did he actually say something to this person or did the person just call him over and want to slap him because maybe they're like upset with something that so, he's done? So like the videos in French, um, the videos in French and it's like, okay. I understand French if you speak at like one mile per hour. So basically what it is, is he's walking outside and he's greeting a bunch of people. I don't know if these people are, um, I, I don't know if he's Republican or liberal or whatever. They're, um, you know, conservative or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. they're Republican or liberal, basically. I don't know which one he is. So he's walking outside and there's a bunch of people waiting behind a gate and they seem like they just want to talk to him, have questions with him, right? And it didn't seem like nobody else did anything. So I don't think these, I think these people were his political group is what I'm saying. And this guy kind of like calls him in and is about to say something to him and then just right across the face. Like it was loud. I would love to know Um, why he slapped him. The reasoning behind why he slapped him could be something as simple as the fact that he's just not happy with the way that he's running the country where he's just fed up. He was, he was, um. He he the, the the guy was white, so he wasn't he wasn't an Arab guy. He no, wasn't no, no, a minority, no. I just, so it wasn't I just, anything like that. I think it's just because of the fact that every time I hear about any anything happening in France, like the the one thing that I always hear about French people is that if they don't like the way the government is running it, they just like shut down the whole city and like burn it to the ground. Well, the French <laughs> Revolution speaks to that, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like even even now when they don't like something, they're like, fine, we just won't work. Like they like, they don't care. <laughs> so I'm just like, what did this what what did the French president not do? That you wanted to slap him, or maybe you just don't like him. Maybe he just slapped him because he didn't like him. I could I would love? I'm gonna have to figure it out. But it was. I'm just shocked. The four months, and now I, I look at it, and in my mind, I'm like, that's it for slapping. The amount of time is really interesting, just because that's crazy to me. You would think that you would think that it would be more time because he's the French president. You would definitely yeah. think that that would happen, but maybe. Maybe him just slapping him wasn't that big of an offense. I don't even know. I think that's what it is. I always thought that, like, for you to even attempt that, because remember, when Obama was in office and even when Trump was in office, people that sent death threats, they came to your house. They don't take yeah. that shit lightly. So to slap, or maybe maybe it's different in Europe. I don't know. I have so no I'm thinking, I'm thinking just, it's maybe different. That's interesting, but I think it's different. It has to I'm be. I'm like, that's open season for everybody now. But... So I think this was last week too. Um, so last week, you know, let me introduce this one. You know what? You know what? You know what? I think I did this two weeks ago. So 
Actually, hold on. Before I jump the gun on this one, let me just let me just double check. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Fuck it. I might I might have to drop two of these. So I might have to do a clap for the month. Right and early in the show. And I've been waiting to give this clap for a long time. But I've always kind of held back. And I think we all have always held back. And I'm gonna explain what I'm talking about in a second. I think we have let you know, let me start it off this way. So Jada Pinkett, aka Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, anyone that came out the 90s like me, we used to love and adore Jada Pinkett and Jada Pinkett Smith, who she now is. Okay. Jada Pinkett Smith mm-hmm. has been married to Will Smith since what, like the 1998? At least 98. They've been married for such a long time. I don't even know. They've been married for a long time. Two children uh, with Will Smith, Willow and Jaden. Will has another son, Trey, from before, his wife before. They seem to be um, happily married for years. Uh, people have speculated they've had an open relationship, but it seems to be something that was organized through them. They they agreed on it, so I'm not judging it. It seems something that was working for them for years and years, despite the rumors, until uh, Jada Pickett-Smith happened to uh, sleep with somebody who talks too much, sleep with somebody who was too immature, sleep with somebody who... Are you talking about August Alcina? Of course, I'm talking about August Alcina. Mr. I can't handle the pum-pum. And that's why I had to go run and tell and cry because it was too good for me. This is why you should sleep with the little young girls who don't know how to handle their box property. So, now with that being said, August Alcina decided to spill the beans after they've been having open sex for years. And now Will has to deal with the embarrassment and he has to come out on his wife's Facebook show and address it. And now Will looks like a claff. And now he's doing his little weight loss thing. But everybody kind of looks at Will with a soggy eye now because we feel bad. And I'm a Will Smith fan. I loved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I loved Big Willie Style, the album. Pause. I loved Willennium. I loved every movie except for Wild Wild West and maybe, I think, Seven Pounds. I hated that shit, too. And the one with his son. I hated that shit, too. But Even like The Pursuit of, that, of Happiness? No, 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 not that one. The other one with his son, where they were in space and they were, remember the oh, one? Oh, that the, one. Yeah, that, bull, After Earth or something like that. Yeah, there you that go, After Earth. Earth. I can't remember the name of that for the life of me. So, with that being said, I have a certain amount of respect for Will Smith. And I feel like Will Smith has been getting disrespected for years. And this is where I'm going with this. Since I have been a lad, okay, every single time that it is Tupac's birthday, oh, or every single time that it is Tupac's anniversary of his death, mm-hmm. since I have been a lad, Jada Pinkett Smith has come on television, whether it was Entertainment Tonight, BT, whatever, whatever it was, whenever it comes to Tupac, anything, they somehow find Jaden Smith, J- Jada Pinkett Smith, sorry, somewhere in her house where she has a webcam available, where she comes to some studio where she wants to give a testimony about Pac. Okay? Okay. And every time she has said things like Pac is the image of manhood, Pac is the image of black masculinity. I have loved Pac and I will never stop loving Pac. Me and Pac had a sensual and great friendship, quote unquote. Me and Pac were soulmates, spiritual guiders. Wait, can a friendship be sensual? I'm 10% of the shit that she has said, okay? You said that they had a sensual friendship. How is a friendship sensual? I don't understand that. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Also, were they only friends or did they date? So I'm go- I'm going here. Don't worry, I'm going here. Okay. And okay, if okay. anybody wants wants to turn an eye and say, oh 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 oh, no 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 no, let's stop this, okay? 
if we are going to sit here and deny that Jada Pinkett Smith didn't fuck Tupac, Let's let the silence rest on it for a second. I thought they used to date. We might have had denial in the past, right? But I thought that they dated. That's why I keep thinking that. No, like, no, no, no. That's no. They did. Jada Pinkett Smith and so Tupac have friends? always. If you go through any interviews, they've always said they were just friends. There's, okay. there's like a whole video of them hugging up each other in some photo shoot, literally like doing everything but kissing. But they've always said they're just friends. People have always looked at it and said, eh, I don't really know. Okay. Um, now, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith have always had an open relationship. I think Will was dating Jada right before Tupac died. Before Tupac died, he was um, engaged to um, Quincy Jones's daughter. Um, so that was going on. Now, I believe that Jada and Tupac had sex. I think any normal person would, okay? And this is how I know we all believe this. Because when I was growing up, and everybody, everybody, when I'm going to say this, we're all going to know this is true. Every single time that Jada Pinkett Smith talked about Tupac on a live broadcast since 2000, we all cringed. Let's let's keep it a buck here. Every single time we turned on our TV and they threw it to Jada to talk about how she loved Tupac or how he was the image of godliness or how he was so sensual or how he was a sexual being or all this bullshit she would always say. We would all sit in our homes and we would all give that ugly face like, because we're all thinking in our head, like, you got, whoa, like, why are you still talking about this? Now, if anyone's going to come to me and say, oh, well, it's Tupac. Oh, well, it's Tupac. Listen, I already know Tupac has a a whole group full of dick riders that are more niggas than anything else. Um, But let's, let's, let's just put this in a different picture. Okay. Let's put this in a different picture. Okay. There are lots of people in this world whose ex-boyfriends have died. There's people in this world whose ex-husbands have died. There's a bag load of people in this world whose ex-boyfriends were shot, stabbed, killed when they were young, or whatever the case was. And these women eventually get older, get their life together, get married, have kids. Let me ask you a question. Since, Because I'm going to take the pedestal off and I'm just going to make a normal scene here for you. Okay. What married woman who's been married to the same man for the past 25 years, who has two kids with this man who are literally in their late teens, early 20s, okay, who has a circumference of wealth with this man, that's 80% his, but a circumference of wealth with this man, okay, what woman is still going to be talking about her dead ex one. Having the entire family, the entire family, meaning her new family, get together to celebrate her dead ex's birthday and the day of his death every single year. Wait, they do that? It's a speech to her. Yeah, what she does. That's what she does. Yes. There's videos of this. They all come together and celebrate. And Will's in there. Well, I don't look for videos like that. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. Jesus. So what woman does this type of shit? Just think about this logically. For all the married men out there. For all the married couples out there. I could understand if you just found out. If the woman just found out her ex-man died. Yeah, she might grieve for a little bit. Okay. I'm talking about your ex died when we were dating. Now we're 20, 30 years together with children and a whole circumference. We have a whole life together. And you're still 
doing testimonies for this man every year on the clock and you're still talking about him in a sexual sensual he was my he was the love of my life and i'm here oh that's that's like let me let me ask you a question okay does it change I mean, if they had had, does have, it change? Because you see, you're simplifying well, it and like saying, does it change if they have like a child? To, no, no. What I mean is like, you're taking away the fact of the pedestal. Oh, well, they don't earlier. have a child together. Huh? No, say, if they had a kid together, would that change anything? No, no, no. I'm asking if that was simple, they had like shared uh, children if, together. You think if, that would change they, anything? If, well, if they had a kid together, then that would more make sense because now you're celebrating your ex-husband's death and life because you're celebrating it also for your child. So you I'm want your know. child to remember so their it father's then it death and life. Oh, that but definitely this is makes just, sense. But this is just two people who... So this is my understanding. I'm, I'm, so this I'm is gonna... two people who were friends, very good friends, who had a sensual relationship. And they were soulmates. And wait, and she said... The, and that was the love of her life? She has said this countless times. She said Listen, the love of my life. I do not go looking emotion. for any type of Tupac tribute. So let me okay? let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So I wouldn't know. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, okay? Okay. I've had an ex that passed away. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's 20 years from now, and that happened before I even met you, okay? Yeah. But if this is 20 years from now, and I'm sitting there, whatever her birthday or the day of her death is, which I don't know. Okay. But if she, if I'm sitting there. 40 years from now and I'm holding up a glass and crying every year and 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 I'm I'm and I'm and I'm doing okay let's just say cuz I'm not famous right so I'm holding up a glass and I'm crying every year and then yeah. I go on Zoom and I call her family and I'm sitting there talking to her mom every year this is a girl I dated when I was in my 20s okay in my early 20s and I'm sitting here talking to her mom every year telling her mom about how her daughter was the love of my life and I've never recovered and I'm never the same and I'm married to you for 20 years with kids yeah that painted that put the picture right there for you I literally look at you and be like so you're gonna tell me that I'm just chopped liver and I'm nothing and our children mean nothing to you and our relationship means nothing to you because of what you keep talking about every damn year oh my god okay honestly if I was Will Smith once the entanglement came out, I would have got a divorce. I'm not saying I would have got a divorce Didn't because Jada is wrong. Did have a song wrong. that he called Entanglement, which was just ironic and funny? Yep, yep. And this is this is the thing. This is the thing with these young boys, right? The same way how August Alcina will sleep with Jada, and then can't handle the pum pum, and then go make a song and try to make money off the fact he slept with Jada. We see this shit all the time. It's the same way how Future slept with Scottie Pippen's wife, and then the man made a song called "I Fucked Your Bitch" in my Louis flip flops. That was the chorus of the song. And he was singing it out loud, saying it was about Scotty's wife. He said, I fucked your bitch. And my, imagine being Scotty Pippen, a Hall of Famer. You're in your 40s. You have kids who are basically almost the same age as future. This man sleeps with your wife. Mind you, this is more on um, Scotty Pippen's wife than Scotty. But imagine the embarrassment. And then he makes a song that's all over the radio. People were singing it in the club. I fuck your bitch and my Gucci flip flops. And this is why... Y'all need to stop giving the pussy to these young kids. They don't know how to act. They really don't know how to act. They don't. Future's it's a, a dirtbag. If future is a well, we know future's a dirtbag. He's he, 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 he's now dissing Lori Harvey, and Lori Harvey's doing the smart thing, just ignoring him. Future just seems very. Why is he dissing Lori? What did Lori Harvey ever do to him? Does she not go on a date with him future or something? Does this? It doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's Larsa Pippen, who's Scottie Pippen's wife. It doesn't matter if it's um, Sierra. 
It doesn't matter if it's Lori Harvey or any. No, other, but did he did he ever date Lori Harvey mamas. in the past or something? He was dating her for the past year and a half for Michael B. Jordan. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Well, how about I know that? Any, I'm just saying. I know. That's I know why I'm that, asking so why know, he's right? dissing her. So, so I'm just like, who is this it, person? Why is he doing this? Future, future goes out of his way to disrespect every woman who he sleeps with. Is that just because of the fact that they no longer want to sleep with him and he just wants to make a scene about it or let everyone he's, know that he used to sleep with them? He's been doing this for years. He addressed Sierra on a song. He addressed... No, the Sierra Black thing China I know about because they say they have a child together that apparently he doesn't have anything to do with. But what I'm saying is... all of them in a song. In, in but, separate songs. Like, he's done so, so is he just one of those people that once he's no longer with this person that he thinks that it's free game to talk shit about them once they get into a new relationship so that everyone knows? He's, okay. he's high school. Remember when you were in high school and guys would break up with girls and girls would break up with guys and the first thing they would do is talk shit about each other because yeah. somebody somebody, somebody had, had to expose the social tea first, right? But now we're adults and nobody does that. But I guess where Future is in his life, it's still a high school. And Hollywood is the social tea, right? So he has to tell the student body his variation of it first. But yeah, he, why would he anybody want to um, date his ass after finding out that every time you date him, you're gonna get a song? That's like Taylor Swift who makes he a song has about money and people want to be saved. People only date Future because he has money and they want to be saved. L- Lori Harvey, she probably was waiting for you know a little bit more fame before she got to Michael B. Jordan because she has money or daddy. But everybody else who's not a celebrity, they're gonna keep dating Future because he has money. They're just gonna keep breeding for him. He has like Taylor, twelve kids now. You know, it's really sad. So I, you were the one who told me about who Lori Harvey was and the fact that that Steve Harvey's not actually her real dad and they just have his last name. The only thing that I know about Lori Harvey is that I like the way her makeup is done. Yeah, the mom. It goes from a lot. um, Most of the kids are not his. The mom changed all of the kids' names to his. Like I think it's like six kids and only two of them are his, and the rest are like. All I'm saying is that the only thing I know about her, honestly, is the fact that whoever is her makeup artist does a phenomenal job because her makeup is beautiful. (laughs) I will say that. I will say that. But it's the same. So the same exact way how Future is very immature with the shit is the same exact way I look at August Alcina and these other young guys. But at the end of the day, the reason why I'm giving Jada Pinkett Smith the clap for the month is because there's there's a longevity of this like i've seen this my whole life every time she goes on tv i cringe as just as just a human being watching this and i always feel like how does will feel about this and now after the entanglement you did it again i'm i really say will smith should have got divorced after the entanglement and i'm not saying that must be so uncomfortable to have to go through that because obviously her and will were both cheating so when i'm saying will should have left i'm saying will should have left because she chose the wrong person Whoever he was choosing in the past, we'll never know. We still don't know. And we'll probably never find out. But she is just choosing. Because remember she said she chose him because he needed help. She had a captain save kind of complex. Yeah. And she was just like, help. he needed like sense of like nurturing or some nonsense and then, like and that. And on top of that, and on top of that, that, she also said, I chose him because he reminded me of Tupac, which boosted his ego. And again, back to the Pac thing. And there's also an interview on The Breakfast Club where Will, somebody, I think when Charlamagne asked Will Smith, but this is before the entanglement. Oh, okay. And he asked Will Smith, like, how do you feel about the fact that your wife had a close relationship with Tupac? That must have bothered you. And he brought it up. He goes, your wife has always spoke so endearing and loving and sensual about Tupac. And he said, if I told you it didn't bother me, I'd be lying. He said, I always felt second fiddle to Tupac in my relationship. You know, I always felt like, and he used these words. He goes, I always felt Tupac was like a bigger man than me and, you know, a better man than me. And I always felt second place. And that's something that I had to deal with. And then Angela Yee was like, 
But isn't that something that, that you would ask Jada to stop? And he's just like, well, in relationships, you have arguments about things. I wish Will got a divorce. I'd be a dead ass. Will would have been on the, the market winner right now. The I one thing Will is, though, divorce. we don't know the full extent of their ass. relationship. And for all we know, it could be something that they've discussed where she's like, I'm not changing anything. I'm not doing anything. This is what it is. And that's his compromise. He just has to put up with it. We don't know what they've actually okay. talked about or what's involved. Okay. I agree with the so fact can of like you everything. Someone came to you. No, no. I'm saying I agree that? with what you're saying in the sense of like, hey, like, dude, they, I understand that you guys had a relationship and a friendship, but he had. I don't. I don't even know how long Tupac has been dead for, but he has been. He's been gone for a very long time, and I understand that. I actually don't Over know how long years. he's been. Okay. Over what I'm saying is, years. what I'm getting at is this. I understand that you guys had a friendship. I understand that you guys are really, really close. And you'll always have those memories of everything that you guys had together. But there's no reason to be able to go to the extent that she is going right now. Because it just seems really, really strange to me. But again, their relationship is very interesting in the way that they have set up if they, with the whole open relationship. And the fact that them being in an open relationship then classifies it as not cheating because they're both aware. Yeah, it's an open like, relationship. So it's what I'm saying cheating. is their no, I'm saying their relationship and the whole basis of it, even though they did explain it, they obviously are not gonna explain everything. So there has to be more to it, but I do agree with you. That'd be so weird. I honestly I'd be so uncomfortable that I'd be like, why am I even in this relationship? Because I can't I, live up to this person and they're dead now, and I still can't live up to them. I am still in their shadow, and you still worship them more than that's the more thing. Than the, 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 he's trying he's trying to live up to the to the to the he's trying to live up. To the epitome of a dead man, like yeah, that's a, hard. And this is a dead, and this is a dead man that hip hop and black culture has put on one of the highest pedestals alive. I don't think there's anybody on a higher pedestal than Tupac in hip hop and black culture. I really yeah. don't think so, and he has to live up to this. And they're, they're two complete opposites. Will Smith is the responsible, comedic. Some people think he's corny. You know, great actor. Wow, yeah, but it's a part of his personality like, and what sells Will Smith. No, 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 no. That I, I like right? Will Smith. I, no, no, I'm just I saying that's like, like part of it. It is part of it. I like Will Smith. While Tupac is literally every single thug's, you know, dream that they all want to grow up into. So you have two sides. And now the other side, Tupac is the Black Panther and he's conscious. And it's I feel sorry for him. I honestly I used feel to have a crush on Will Smith when he was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because I thought he was so funny. And then I and then when I first saw Tupac, I used to think he was hot when I was a kid. <laughs> but I outgrew both uh, of them. Honestly, if I was if I was Will Smith, but I did. I, I outgrew both. both. And the funny thing was that you know how you're talking about in the community of like how high Tupac is. I didn't even actually think about that stuff when I was younger. I was like, oh, he's attractive. And then he died. I think it's it's the it's the image around Tupac that really because like now like I, I watch like Vlad TV. He does all these, he interviews people around Tupac and asks questions. And at the end of it, he was like, he was just talking about the Tupac death and everything. And at the end yeah. of it, when you really think about it, Tupac, it's, it's weird because this is a guy whose mom was a Black Panther who went to art school in, in, in New York and then traveled and lived in different areas of the city. His father wasn't there. He lived in different low economic areas in the city before he got to um, California, um, the Bay Area. And then at that point in time, he was a dancer for Digital Underground and he got on, right? And if you look at early interviews of Tupac when he was in Digital Underground and when literally like right at that cusp before Juice, 
And I've showed you this. The interviews are different. Yeah, you, you like showed me nice, them. The, calm, yeah, the interviews high. are very He's different very from what I saw later. Yeah. And then as soon as he did Juice, it was like he took that moniker of like the hood man and he ran with that. And then he, even even when Vlad's interviewing people who are around the day he died, people that were around him, they all like it. Basically, what the way he died was Tupac was chilling with Death Row. Death Row's bodyguards were a bunch of Bloods. These Bloods had beef with the Crips in their own community. This is outside of Tupac, and mm. they happened to see one of the Crips in Las Vegas that they have beef with back home in their neighborhood. So they point him out. And Tupac, being the person he is, decides to go beat this guy up for no reason. And it it it, it it's it's interesting because Tupac reminds me of that that guy who always wanted to be put on. He always wanted to get the stripes. He always wanted to be put on. He always wanted the homies to love him, to recognize him. And there's a lot of a lot of guys like that. And that's kind of what like the more the more the story comes out and the more I hear about the stuff, it yeah. just seems like Tupac was like that good kid who just wanted to be a hood man. And then Juice was his, I, I guess the fame that he got off doing the character Juice, he became that character. And then the way he died was, these guys have their own situation, but Tupac just wanted to be accepted so bad, the man jumped in, knocked the guy out, and the guy came back hours later and shot him in the car, and that was it. And it's just like, so now when you think about Tupac, you, you're, the ideology of it changes, right? But... It's so interesting, I because I remember the first time, I remember everything I knew about Tupac at the time is that he was a rapper and that he was like a hood man pretty much. And I remember when I, when I first met you and stuff like that. And then we started, when we were dating, you when we first started dating, you pretty much were like, no, like, look at these interviews. And I remember I was like, I've never seen these interviews before. You were the one who told me he went to art school. I was like, he's a what now? Yeah. Like I didn't realize any of these things about him. Like I'm not, I, I didn't know any of these things about him. All I knew, I actually did know that his mom was a black Panther and that's as much as I knew. And I didn't know anything else. And when you showed it to me, I was like, that is so crazy. Because then I remembered the interviews of him after. And I also only ever saw the movie Juice because of you. Because you really, you need to, you you had me watch it. And then I was just like, but I don't understand. Like, if he was this person who went to art school and the way that he sounds in these interviews, it was such juice. a, it was such a hard change. Like, it was like, it's, it, that was such a hard change. You know, as as I get the way I, the way I used to feel about Tupac when I was younger is different yeah. than the way that I feel and see Tupac now. Um, when you were younger, were you like I, he's I amazing no that you kind of worshipped him, or was it like what was it uh, when you were younger? Would you say that you kind of worshipped him? I was him definitely a, a, I was definitely a bigger Tupac fan than Biggie, and that kind of led me into Common and Nas and Kanye yeah. and a lot of those more conscious artists. Uh, Biggie kind of led me into Jay Z, but it kind of ended there. So like, I I am a, I was a bigger Tupac fan uh, than Biggie. I probably still am, to be honest. Tupac just has more body of work. Biggie has two albums, um, but I I don't look at Tupac as like this. Like I feel like I feel like in Black culture, mm -hmm. people put Tupac up as the most high. Like they look at Tupac as like. It's like the Jay-Z concept, right? It's like you have this hood man, but he's also artistic. Or it's like you have this businessman, but he used to sell drugs. Like, yeah. it's, it's that thing that black people love where you get the cross between, like, the corporate world and the hood. And for some reason, it creates, like, a perfect black person in, like, in, like, um, 
in the black culture's mind, I should say, mm-hmm. not in every individual black person's. So it's like Jay-Z, Tupac, people like that. Like, that's kind of the thing. But Tupac, obviously, because of the way he died, his mom was a Black Panther, and because of certain songs like Brenda's Got a Baby and Keep Your Head Up, like, people put Tupac on a huge pedestal. Yeah. Which, I don't mind it. I get it. Um, hip-hop is allowed to have his heroes. Rock music has their But heroes. you would say now yeah, that Kurt you view Cobain. him in a different light. You're still a fan of his music, but you view him I differently think- just based off of what you've learned, I'm assuming. I think I, I think I think I've been able to get an honest uh, depiction of Tupac okay. as I got older versus from when I was younger. I yeah. would say the one thing that I'm annoyed by is the fact that hip hop just keeps milking it. This could be the fact that I'm annoyed, or this could be the fact that I'm older now. So what I mean by that is like when Tupac and Biggie died, I was alive, and since then there has been so many documentaries and movies. And in oh my, my gosh, opinion, yes. I'm like, okay, I know the story. I've seen the story a thousand times. I don't care. But I guess the reason why I'm not fully complaining is because I guess it's for the next generation. You know what I mean? Because they, they they just dropped another Biggie documentary on Netflix. And I'm like, another one? I'm like, I've seen the story 10,000 times. But I guess it's for the following generation, right? So I, 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 And I understand it. They've... Those two have kind of become the heroes of hip hop, like kind of like how Kurt Cobain and John Lennon and whoever the heroes of rock and roll and Elvis. You know what I mean? So you you, you got you got to play your heroes. So I understand it's it's a it's hip hop strategy to play those two people especially and make them like infamous within the culture. I get it. That is interesting. But so following after that, just just, just to jump out of jump out of Tupac and hip hop and Jada Pinkett Smith and. The fuckery. Actually, there's more fuckery here to go, though. So, okay, let, let me introduce this one. So, Michael B. Jordan um, decided to... I don't want to say he created a rum, but I don't know if he's working with a company that created He's working with his partner, so he added. has, like, he okay, has like okay. business partners. Okay, so, so he's working with him and his business partner, and they've created a rum. Now, the rum itself is called Juve. Okay. Now, I'm Caribbean, you're Caribbean, I'm of Trinidadian and Jamaican descent. I have always heard the word juve my entire life. Now, growing Same. up in Toronto in a Caribbean diaspora, juve is what a lot of fets will be named, right? So some yeah. fets will be named juve. There are some yeah. Caribbean islands where their Caribbean festival is named juve. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nicki Minaj came out and decided to defend Trinidad for the first time in life. I know. Oh gosh, Nicki. I remember how much I didn't so, even know that Nicki Minaj is Trinidadian until you told me. I said she was. Listen, nobody knows Nicki Minaj is Trinidadian because every five seconds she does her Caribbean-esque songs. In I was Jamaica. just surprised. I will never forget that. And I was the like, thing oh, about it is okay. Nicki Minaj was born and raised in Trinidad and then came here when she was like, I think eight, I think, I think like 10 or above. She's Trinidadian, but nobody knew she was Trinidadian because she does her shit in... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had no idea. I was like, I didn't even realize. All right. So, Nicki Minaj decided to educate Michael B. Jordan on the word Juve and the Trinidadian culture, which I'm not mad at. Perfectly fine. And she was basically telling him that the word Juve derives from... The word Juve is a French word that means morning or good morning or morning awake or morning up or whatever the fuck the french variation of it is it's been changed over time obviously now with that being said what juve is in trinidad is the morning of carnival is juve Mm -hmm. so i believe it's from about 4 a.m in the night till about 12 12 12 if that's juve and then once 12 hits that's the beginning of carnival so juve is essentially the beginning of carnival 
It's mm-hmm. the festival at the beginning of Carnival. That's what's Juve and Trinidad coined the term and it spread throughout all of the islands. Now, I understand why the Trinidadian population is mad. So I'll say this. Me being somebody who is of Trinidadian descent, but I'm not, I'm not born and raised in Trinidad, right? But of Trinidadian descent, I, I get two sides of this, right? I get how people who are non-Caribbean or at least not from a Soka island, I get how when they see Carnival in Trinidad or Carabana in Mm -hmm. Toronto or Cropover in Barbados, they look at this as just a Caribbean festival where you go and you dance and you bubble and you joke and you watch. You see people in these brightly colored costumes and all that kind of stuff. I completely understand it. Now, me being somebody who is born of Trinidadian descent, I had the luxury of growing up in the Trinidadian culture. So... Carabana to me in Toronto is a bit more than just the one day. And I feel like most people who are of Soka Islands realize it's a bit yeah. more than just the one day. Yeah. I compare it to the All-Star Weekend. There's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Yep. And when I was a kid, we would go Saturday to see the parade, but we would also go to the Panyard. We would also go to see the King and Queen competition the night before. Right. So a lot of these are like the masquerader outfits and they're dance battling with each other. But if you're not from Ahsoka Island, you yeah, will you never know it. about this. All you know about Carnival or Caravan or Cropover is just people just dance. It's one big party. Right now, because of that, my mother also educated me on like the whole idea behind it. So the idea yeah. behind it, very, 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 very short is basically when slavery ended in Trinidad or when slavery ended in a variety of these Caribbean countries, right? That day, the end of slavery, AKA the end of harvest is when they would celebrate. So that becomes crop over or juve or carnival or whatever it may be, right? So when you see these islands having their own individual carnival, what they're celebrating is the day essentially that slavery ended. Essentially that's their Juneteenth. Now, Carabana in Toronto is a bit different. They brought that here and kind of just chose a random date. So that's a bit different. But that's the essence of it. So I know a lot of people are arguing, oh, well, it's just a party anyways. And I'm like, no, it's a party to you. It's not just a party. But it's something more to them. So people that grow up in Trinidad, everything I'm telling you, they already have knowledge of. So to them, when you take their name, it's disrespectful, right? And I'm kind of happy Nicki Minaj called it out. Now, Michael B. Jordan has since, from from what I've heard, they're reorganizing the name and they're trying to find a different name. But how well, he released a statement. Well, he first released a statement kind of emphasizing the fact that not only was he unaware, but he fully admitted that he didn't know. Him and his partners did not know. And he was apologizing because he was like, I don't ever want to offend or to do anything to a culture that he so much loves. Like he yeah. even said that about everything. So the fact that he admitted that he didn't know and that he took responsibility for that was actually really cool. Um, when this first happened and you told me, I did not actually think that anything was going to happen because I didn't know if there'd be enough traction. I know that sounds terrible, but you know, was. I didn't actually think there'd be enough traction for like anything it only to happen. When it's black Americans, to be honest. Agreed. And then I was like, okay, maybe. And then when you told me and I, you know, was reading all this stuff, then it came out a few days later that he released the statement and that now the name of the actual rum is supposed to be changed to something else, whatever that may be, is still to be be determined. It was really interesting just because, like, I remember being a kid and doing Kitty's Carnival. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, dressing up. I remember one time 
I, we had to wear black shoes for one of the kitty carnivals, but a lot of us didn't have black shoes and they actually like spray painted shoes that they gave us. And like my foot was like mm-hmm. black after because <laughs> of black spray paint. And I remember celebrating doing, you know, Katie's carnival. I used to, I used to play mass and parade, all that kind of stuff for, for Carabana years ago. And then also just attending like a soca fet. You know, I used to have the kids soca fets <laughs> that you could go to when you're younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all the lead up to like the huge thing of what Carabana is. Like I have actually been to Barbados during crop over and that was so, so different in comparison, just because it, it's very different and very, very cool. It's still similar, but it's it's so much fun. I actually yeah, got to go twice. That. I've been twice. I went one year after the other. That was amazing. So learning about it and understanding it, like I remember looking at the word, and I think one of them, one of the words actually had like a French derivative, and it looked like it said like Jouvet. And so I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then reading about it, because what I think part of the explanation said that the crops had been burned, and then the masters had still made the slaves pick the burnt cotton to harvest what wasn't burnt or something like that. Do yeah, you remember that story? Put in there, yeah. yeah. And like, and then after they had done that and then they were free, they started to like mock the master about having to like now pick cotton. And it was yeah, really so interesting like, just to see the background and history from, cause I didn't know the history of obviously Trinidad. I didn't know that because my dad is beige and my mom is St. Lucian. So learning that was really interesting for me. Cause I didn't know that. And it was really interesting to see so many people who are either Trinidadian or Trinidadian descent actually saying about these stories and bringing it to light because it gave it so much more, even though if you're growing up and you know it, that's because you know amongst your family and other people who are who are like of West Indian descent, depending on which island. But then to the masses, everyone else just thinks it's a really big party where you see people dressed up in costumes, covered in body glitter and dancing. So yeah. to me, and, I actually and- think that it added a bit more to it just for the masses, but who knows if they'll actually even take that in. But I took it in because I learned something that I didn't know about. Yeah, and, and just to add context, like when you when you see people um, dressed up in the masquerade outfits, especially when you go to the islands and they have the mask on and the mask looks like some kind of ghoul, what that is, the masquerade outfits, what that is is they're making fun of the master. So they, yeah, they view the yeah. master as a demon. So they would yeah. dress up as kind of like a demon. And that's why they're massive the too. Per- and that's why they're the so big. And yeah. stuff because they're making fun of the master, right? So yeah. that's just something that I learned, of course. But in Michael B. Jordan's defense, I will say this. Um, I know some people are arguing that if the name's not patent, then he can take it. But the name isn't patent because the name is not part of anything. It's just a morning festival. And a lot of countries use the word juve to describe their morning festival as well. It just originated in Trinidad. So if Trinidad patents it, then none of the other countries can use the word juve exactly. for their you festival get, as well. So I didn't, I didn't really right agree there. with the... <laughs> I, I understand the fact that it's not patent, but I didn't really agree with that standpoint. Now, I didn't think this was going to catch traction. Because usually when it comes to things about Black people, only when it affects Black Americans is a catch traction. Like I remember when the police were killing civilians in Nigeria just a few months ago. That caught traction in Toronto and London because of our ethnic population. I don't really see that catch traction on Black Twitter at all. Um, I remember when they had the Save My Girls in Nigeria two, three years ago. That caught traction on Black Twitter, but that was only because of Avon Orgy and people of Nigerian descent who were famous kind of blasting it out there nonstop. And Black Twitter only handled that for like a week, right? So yeah. obviously this is catching it because of Nicki Minaj. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy the way he handled it because I always tell people, I'm like, listen, if you're doing something about a group of people or a culture that you are not from and they tell you not to do it and then you force your way in, why? 
just disrespect their wishes and don't do it. Now, I do think that there's a way that it could have been done, right? And I wish Michael B. Jordan uh, just had somebody that thought of this in the group. But so when you open up one of these companies, you have to open up a distillery. Now, I doubt Michael B. Jordan is opening up the distillery in America because it will cost too much money. Most people open up their distilleries in Mexico. I'm sure most people do it or in the Caribbean somewhere in general. If he opened up the distillery for Juve in Trinidad, hiring, who knows, 500 to 700 Trinidadians to work at the distillery. That would have been different. Employing a whole entire community. That would have been different. At that point, I think a lot of people would have been okay with it. Because they would have looked at it as like, okay, he's taking the name, but he's putting it in the country where it's from, and he's opening up the distillery here, and therefore we're going to be the ones making it, and he's feeding the the the... the I won't say the community. The um, I'll leave the community. I can't believe it right now. But he's feeding the community Population? people, basically. Uh, something else I was trying to say. But I think that's how people people would have respected it more, right? But when when you look at Michael B. Jordan, it's like I've never seen Michael B. Jordan even mention Trinidad. I've never seen Michael B. Jordan even do anything Caribbean esque. I don't think Michael B. Jordan even know Trinidad even existed. Um. You know what I mean? So I think people look at it as like, you're not even connected to the culture in any way. So you're literally just taking the name and running with it because the name is popular because you see it on billboards in New York City or Miami. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, so I, I, I get why they think snap. it sounds cool. I get it. Yeah, I get why they snap, but I do think he handled it well. I think he could have he tried to pump out his chest, and I think it could have got a lot worse. So I do respect the way that he handled it, and I respect the fact that he's changing it. I want to see who he's going to name it next, but I respect He doesn't it. seem like and the I type of person who puffs out his chest, though. He's not. He's not. He and doesn't I seem like Trinidad the type of person. For, and I respect Trinidad for standing up, because a lot of the times when it comes to Caribbean culture, it's always for sale, and Caribbeans sometimes don't really say anything. So I'm happy that, like, you know, stand up. Everybody else is going to protect their culture and protect yours, right? So exactly. I I'm, agree. I'm happy to see that. Speaking of um wonder what it's gonna culture. get named now. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't wait. Speak speaking of culture. Um Canada. Canada has always had a culture around the world of being a peacekeeping nation. The identity of Canada is literally we are not America. Canada has collectively portrayed this image since the 1970s, we're the most multicultural, we're the most liberal, we're the most progressive, we're the most peaceful, nothing bad ever happens here. It's great. It's literally like if you took, I don't know, North and South Dakota and made a whole country of it, basically. We're just peaceful people. We're so fun-loving. Now, people that live in Canada know this is not true. Uh, most, some people live in Canada, I'll say that. Some people are just ignorant and they also live, but most people live in Canada know this is not true. Now. Canada has the very same atrocities that America has. Canada has desecrated its indigenous population. Canada has stole their land. Canada has indoctrinated this pe- these people into Christianity, um, tried to take away their culture. Um, Canada has had slaveries. Canada's had slavery, sorry. Canada has had slavery. Uh, basically, Canada has done everything America does. They've put um, Japanese people in internment camps, 
they've done literally the same shit. But for some reason, America always gets the blame. And growing up in Canada, whenever you complain about something as a minority, people will always look at you and say, well, it could be worse in America, right? That's always a standpoint. And I feel, I'm saying this to say that I feel like Canada, that bubble that they have has now burst. And I feel like it's going to be a lot of PR for Canada to get this back to the way it was. Because this is on CNN. This is everywhere. This is, there's already a whole PR thing because when they found those 215 children and then they found, after that, they found that other site that was like 700, I can't remember, seven, how much was it? 700 and something? So let's, 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 let's it's just, list off. Let's but list it, just, off. it just makes so, me sad because the one thing I'll say about Canada is that they did a really, really great job of okay. making sure that nobody had any information to be able Even to go we off in, of. As I'm trying to say, so when we were in school, I didn't learn about residential schools till I was in college. Never, not till I college. also didn't know that they existed. Um, I actually, there is no, there's no, there's like nothing in history books when we were in school written about Canada and the fact that they had slavery for what was like 200 years or something like that. They don't have, they don't have any of that in a textbook. They don't have any of that written down. Canada has done a very, very good job of anything that would have documented it. They have done a great job of destroying it and making it disappear <laughs> because is, uh, they have this curated is... this image of saying that we're, we're, you know, we're, we're Canada, we're, we're kind and we welcome people and we don't want to go to war. We want to be peacekeepers and we, we love being multicultural. They feed you this whole thing but yeah we benefit off of the same oil that exactly. america imperializes in other and countries and then we benefit off of no, the I'm just, same i'm just saying in general that, that they that they do. they created this entire image and there's all these things coming out now that is destroying them like they're they're petitioning for ryerson university to have its name changed as like in all honesty the guy who was ryerson who's in my first name i cannot remember he was a terrible person he was for residential schools he was for slavery he was for no, hurting people was. that's not what it was he was he was an educator who invented the idea of the residential school. Right, that's why he was for he's, them. He's the architect of it. That's what I'm trying to say, because he was for them. That's the exact same thing I just said. He was for residential schools because he wanted it to be there. Well, for and invented is two different things. but I Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say. Regardless of what the point is, of either, both of us are saying the exact same thing. It doesn't matter. He wanted that to happen, and he made it happen. Isn't that what he did because he invented it? Yeah, I just I just think that when it when it when it comes to there's just it's funny because when you grow up in Canada, all the negative stuff is always in the States and you always look at it as like, oh, my God, I'm glad that's not us. But it's the same shit when everybody is knocking down these Confederate statues in, in the southern United States because they have them up. We have the same shit here. We have a university named after the guy who literally created residential schools. We talked about this on an earlier podcast. We the did. residential schools, people who don't know is in the 1800s so it wasn't even that long ago in the 1800s the canadian government the rcmp which is the Royal federal canadian police, you police. Say. yes sorry 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 the canadian mounty police the canadian government and the catholic church devised the whole thing to go onto these native communities that weren't even reserves yet and basically take their children from them so they took the children that were, I think, below 15, and they brought these children to these residential schools that were built like large churches that were organized by priests and nuns. And the goal was to strip these kids of their culture. They weren't allowed to speak their language. They, they weren't allowed to hair. eat their food. They had to learn the Bible. They had to learn English. And they did this from a young age to indoctrinate these children. A lot of these children were raped, sexually molested, 
sexually abused. Even though, even on the news now, they're like, oh, some there was were, only some. Some were starved. No, a, some of the some 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 lot. schools starved children. Yep. Some rationed the food yep, was, to see what would happen if they if it would stunt their growth. They would do experiments on them. You should watch. Um, there was a movie on Crave that I watched about this. Yeah, I didn't watch it with you. Though. I watched it one night, and I can't what it's called, but I don't remember. It's not the White Horse one. It's about hockey. I think it, it could have been that one, actually, because they went into all of this in that movie. And I was like, yeah, I think it is that one's White Horse. And I was like, damn. But, yeah, so they starved these kids if, 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 they, if they spoke their language. They did all of these things. And when these kids would die, they would take them and they would bury them on the grounds of the property. And then when their parents came to, well, their parents would come to get them. When they would ship them back to their parents or if their parents came to ask about them, they would say that the kid ran off. They don't know where he went. And I remember it's also difficult these, for the parents these, to even get to the schools because what they did first is they built them and the parents would camp outside where the first set of schools were. And then to make sure the parents couldn't get to their children, they moved them farther and farther away. So it became it became days of journey to be able to get to their children. And then they were unable to. They did everything that they could to separate them. So instead of your thing, parent these, being able to be outside, if they tried to travel to you, it would take four days in the bitter cold sometimes and they would die. So they couldn't that's do the thing. it. The, these, these schools were placed in the middle of nowhere. So if the kid did run away, hypothetically, he would die, right? So when, when, when they're telling you, oh, your kid must have ran away and he died, then you just believe it. The only thing outside of the school is wolves and snow. So you just believe it. And recently... So here's the numbers that they have. Oh, before you go, first... also keep in mind that when the children did die, they did not keep actual accurate records. One school, actually, I can't remember which were somewhere, I think it was in Saskatchewan, would say that only like 150 or something like that children died, when in reality it was like hundreds. So they would doctor their own records, and if they actually did keep records, those records got miraculously destroyed. And just, and just to add context for this, so this is not something that happened years ago. So the last residential school was closed in 1996. I was in grade school at that point in time. So yeah. when, when we're having these discussions, this is not, when we talk about slavery, slavery ended 150 years ago, give or take, I can't remember how long ago. Um, and then you had Jim Crow and Jim Crow also existed in Canada, in the Atlantic. So the Atlantic part of Canada, right up of New York, you have Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, PI, that is where the black population was that came from America before the influx of Caribbeans and Africans. They were reslaved, <laughs> that population there. So, and after they were reslaved and set free, they then had Jim Crow right up until the 1950s and 60s, which is when the Caribbeans and Africans started to come here. Canada is no different from America as much as we keep saying it's not. So, with that being said, the list of schools, oh, the list of, um, so this is what they found so far. So the first one they went to was in Kamloops, BC, where they found the graves of 215 children. The prime minister, Justin Trudeau, decided to publicly apologize for the Canadian government. And he, as a Catholic, wants the Catholic church to apologize for their wrong in it. The Catholic Church has yet to apologize. There was a video of two members of the Catholic diocese, I believe in Burlington, who are just like, uh, like they, they don't give a shit. They're just trying to cross over it. They're like, the Catholic Church got a lot to apologize, whether mm -hmm. it's raping kids, fucking little boys, the list fucking goes on. Um, 
Now, after this, Justin Trudeau said that he is sending a team to check every single residential school. Now, sorry, that's what I was going to say before. The fact that the last one closed in 1996, you have to look at it from a certain standpoint, right? This is not people's great-great-grandparents. When they're finding these bodies, these bodies are from the 90s going back. So you now have people who are my age who are in residential schools. Basically, my age and going back. So anybody who's of Aboriginal descent, who's 30 years old or older, could have grown up in a residential, residential school, school and therefore been raped, molested, and so on and so forth. So this is not something that's that far back. People in their 30s have experienced this. I, I, like, I, I, from my knowledge, there's no known people left who have experienced slavery, and there's little known people left who have experienced Jim Crow. This wasn't that long ago. So after they found the first one, Justin Trudeau sent out an order that they wanted to check all the schools. They checked a school in Brandon, Manitoba, and found 104. They checked a school in Regina, Saskatchewan, and found 38. They checked a school in Kawasi, um, Saskatchewan, and found 751. That's the highest. Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta will probably be the worst out of all of these. Hands fucking down. They checked a school in Lestock, Saskatchewan, and found 35. That's the lowest. They checked a school in Carlisi. What is PA? We don't have any provinces that start with a P. Is it in the territories? We don't have any territories that start with a P. I actually don't know. I feel like somebody put the name of the city and not the province on this one. but That's okay. How many Carisso, did they find? Carissa found 180. So together, we're looking at 1,323 graves of native children all below the age of 12 years old. These schools closed when I was 7, 8. There's more to come. There's, I think it's about 250 schools in Canada. There's yeah. more to come. And every time they find one, they bring it to the public. Canada is really going to have to work on its public image the same way Germany had to do it after the Nazis. Have fun. The with ones that, that were found and the ones that you knew that had the 751, apparently they're actually, actually found that they were tombstones at one point that were then removed. Because some of the 751 who are buried there, it is believed that they're actually not our children. Because remember, there were some who actually were teenagers who ended up becoming teenagers in the residential schools. So like some of them, some of the bodies could potentially be of people who are like 18. Now, I will say this, as sad as this is. I have respect. I know a lot of people don't like Justin Trudeau in this country. I have a certain amount of respect for Justin Trudeau. I don't like a lot of things that he does, but I have respect for the fact that a lot of other Canadian governments, literally almost all of them, I'm pretty sure would have kept this under the wraps. Yeah, they wouldn't have sent teams or out it, to go they, and find that. Or if they had to address it, because let's just say they had to address it, Mm -hmm. they, they would have never tried to hold the Catholic Church accountable as well. They would have tried to do some little apology and move forward. 
I respect the fact that Justin Trudeau apologized. I respect the fact that Justin Trudeau sent a team to every single residential school. I respect the fact that he's asking for the Catholic Church and the Vatican to apologize as well. I don't respect the fact that the Catholic Church and the Vatican don't give a flying fuck. But that's fine. I dissed the Catholic Church and the Vatican when we talked about Meghan Markle and the royal family. Yeah. I will continue to diss them in the future. But that's fine. But I respect that. And I want to give him that respect. I do respect that. But it's going to get worse before it gets better. And by the time the end of the year, this number is going to get so high. We we're only at one, two, three, four, five, six schools. And we're already at 1,300. I think the this thing number is, is going to get so high that I know. Canada is going to have to either... Like, the Catholic Church apologizing is what it is. Canada, I don't know if Canada... I don't think that they're ever to going to apologize. Some, I don't think so either. But I don't think Canada is going to pay... I don't know if they're going to pay some sort of reparations. Because technically, the reparations that Canada and America have given the Aboriginal population is... Um, what are they called? Um... The reserves. The reserves, mm -hmm. and in America, they have reserves and casinos. And then they don't allow them to pay taxes, and they don't allow them to pay tuition as long as they stay on the reserve. But the reserve's on the middle of nowhere, and that's a convoluted shit on, on itself because there's no jobs. So you're essentially keeping these people poor and giving them benefits. It's a whole fucked up situation. It's very similar to what they did to black Americans when they introduced welfare, and they told them if you stay on it, you'll be okay because nobody wanted to offer them jobs in the society at that time. So it's you're keeping them poor, and you're keeping them fed, and you're keeping them fed on the hog forever, right? So it's very similar to African Americans in the States. Um, it's, it, it's, yeah, I'm going to see how this goes. When I, see how this goes. when but I, when I've seen no it come on the reparations that they can give them, I don't know if they're going to, they can't do anything else. So I want to see what happens when, when the shit is the fat and it gets to 5,000 or more because it will. When I see the interviews of the people who, of the men and women who actually survived the residential schools. It's so, it's like so sad because they obviously, like every time they find something, it's like they're reliving it. And when you see them on the news, it's like gut wrenching because you can like see in their faces, especially that there was, um, there was one man who was a survivor of residential school and he actually, he actually had to bury one of the kids. Like, they made him do it. And he said that he didn't even know this boy's name. And it was just like, he just got put. Like, they used to, they would have these kids at certain points help bury these other dead children. You got to watch that movie, Indian Horse. And it's just, it, you're right. I don't really know what else they could ever, what they could do unless they changed it and said that you can still go to school for free, but you don't have to live on the reserve full time until the school year or, or get rid of that. I think that that's such bullshit. I don't understand. I don't get that at all. Because what, no, what can you change? They're, they're not going to do, do it. But what I'm saying is, gonna, what, what could they possibly be do? be non-native white people just claiming they're native residents. They're not gonna do but it. I'm saying, well, what they, well, you have to be a certain percentage, apparently, and you have to prove it. <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying. So they're not going to do it. The reason why they have them on the reserve is so they can prove it. I know, but it just, I still think that's disgusting. I don't even have any don't words. All I know that. is that it's just what I saw when the first set of, when the first set of those 215 children were found and when the, the people, when they went to the school and put all those little shoes 
like all those shoes of little boys and girls, it actually made me cry because I was like, oh my God. And there are some people who are alive who are like, like my child was sent to this school and they went missing. There are some people. Well, you hear someone say that like their like their uncle. Yeah, and they say like their sister or like or like the No, like some people have said that like their cousin got taken. And it's like it you're sitting there and you're like No, what I'm saying and what I'm saying is 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 for them the the for them the pain is still so fresh and it will never go away. And to like ob- the funny the thing for me is that I'm happy that these children were found because now they can go home. But at the same time, you still really aren't winning because these children died due to abuse, malnutrition, just rape. Let's call it what it is. I know no, I was gonna get to that. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. What I'm saying is is that they died not only for them starving them, malnutrition, rape, molestation, abuse, because they would get beaten if they spoke in their language. That just, and then when you hear some of the stories about how some of them, when they left the residential school, if they did survive, they couldn't speak to their family anymore because they couldn't understand them. You gotta watch Indian Horse. And it's just like you gotta watch. And they felt like outsiders. And they felt like outsiders because they were like, I don't even belong here anymore. They're like, I don't belong where I was because they hated me and tried to change me, but I don't belong here because I don't even understand what my, par- my parents and grandparents yep. are even saying to me. And then you hear about the drug abuse and the alcohol abuse to to, to, to cover up all but of the trauma that they suffered. Yeah, no, no, I know what I'm saying, but you hear about it and you're like, yeah, because they, they suffered. Like they suffered to the point of where like the easiest thing for them to do is to be high or drunk all the time because they don't want to relive these memories because these memories are and literally is- imprinted in their brain. And this is this is this is why this is why this is why that's that's the point I was trying to get at. When I say it closed in 1996, what I mean by that is every single native person living in Canada has a relative or a family member or they themselves were in a residential school. Yeah. Today. 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 This this is not like it was a hundred years ago, and the joke is is that like for all my non um, Canadians who listen to us here, so when you come to Canada, the way that America treats Black people is the way that Canada treats its natives. Very similar. Yeah, I would say very similar, probably worse, but it's the way that Canada treats its natives. Now we happen to live in Ontario. We also live in Southern Ontario. We also yeah. live in the GTA and Toronto, the surrounding Toronto metropolitan area. So we don't really see news in regards to natives because we don't have a high native population that's visible in the Toronto and bordering cities, right? So we don't really see that. Ours is more other issues. Now, it's interesting what you just said because I have... I. I have an aunt that lives in Alberta. I've met people that are from Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba specifically. Those are the three provinces with the highest native population. And a lot of those native people, especially in Manitoba, they live in the main city of Winnipeg and not even on the reserve. And whenever you meet people from Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, the way that they talk about natives, they're lazy, they're good for nothing, the government gives them everything, They're always complaining. They don't help themselves. I said, the way that Canada treats natives is the way that America treats black people. 
The same exact way that you hear Southern Republicans refer to black people is the same exact way that you will hear white Canadians, especially in those three provinces, refer to natives. Lazy, good for nothing, drunks, they're always high, they're always killing themselves, we always have to give them money, they get everything they want, they have life so easy. These people were being molested until 1996. Why do you think the alcohol and drug abuse is so high in the communities? Because you fucked with them, literally. Why do you think that they killed themselves? Because some of them can't, they can't handle it. They cannot handle it. But it's the way that Canada talks about natives. And I I do, the one, one thing I will say is this, one thing I will say is this, when this is all done and they find those 5,000 students, 5,000 kids, sorry, I, I think that Canada, in terms of the average Canadian, will have a different tone. Maybe I'll bet you for the stars here. I think that the majority of Canada will have a different tone when they talk about Native people. The tone should already be changing. The tone should already be changing. It shouldn't shouldn't, shouldn't happen just because they find everyone. It should already be changing. Listen, we... Listen, I wish that I would have learned more about this when I was in school. I had to teach this to myself. And I feel as if that even then all the information wasn't even there because everything that I learned every day lets me know how much I actually didn't know or understand. And I sit there and I'm just like, wow. The tone shouldn't be changing just because of the fact that, oh, they're going to find the, they're going to find these children. It should be changing right now. It should be something where they're like, listen, they suffered mass amounts of abuse. The fact that they were raped, they were molested, they were beaten, they were starved. Yeah. They were ripped from their I've families. I've been talking about this for years. Cut off, they cut off their hair because they, they, they cut off their hair to make them, to, 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 what was the term that they had? It was, quote unquote, to kill the Indian in them? Are you? Yeah. I'm getting way too yeah. emotional right now. I'm very, oh, I'm Canada, upset. My heart's Canada, like racing. I'm so Canada's pissed. chickens. Canada's chickens have come to roost. And there is going to be conversations that are going to have to be had. And the mentality that people have, and I'll say this, as somebody who is a minority coming to this country, I've never um, heard anybody in my internal family talk about natives a certain way, but I have heard other minorities, but I've heard other minorities from many different minority groups who have immigrated into Canada and been here for just a minute and already talked down on They have that opinion. And like I said, the way Canada treats their natives is the way that America treats blacks. The same way that immigrants that migrate to America and live in America for two, three years, but the the moment that the news gets to them and they take in all the images that are on their six o'clock news, they now see black Americans as the problem. It's the same exact way how immigrants come into Canada and if they're not living in Southern Ontario, every other newscast in Canada is just denigrating natives all day long. And when they see that, that becomes their image. And I, I, Canada's chickens have come to roost. It's kind of interesting. I've only ever met two indigenous people like ever in my life. I've met. I've met two, and you know where I met them? I met them from working in the mall. Like I worked in the mall. The person, like the the one person, came up and gave you know the card that they have, and they gave me the card to let me know. And I had to do this whole thing where for for them to cash out because they don't have to pay taxes, right? To like do that, and it has like their name, it has their photo, it has like which um, 
like what's the name of like their tri- like their tribe like all the different things and i'm just like i in toronto i've only met two people ever one was a guy and one was a girl and obviously i never saw them again they're the only people i've ever met who are indigenous i met one girl when i was in college i met one person when i worked in the mall and i think the other one was when i worked in the mall too actually so yeah, it's it's a rarity. It's really it's really a rarity. It was really here. rare. You, um, I was really surprised. The only reason I was surprised is because it's never happened. Because I was like, oh, you you meet some you meet them and you're like, oh 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 right. I have to, oh I have to do this now. Okay, like I was frazzled because even they train you how to like enter all the information, but you've never done yeah. it. <laughs> and then you I meet someone and you're like, that. hold on, you gotta. And like it's a whole thing. To, like it's it's. I had to do that to um. I had to discount it to, for this girl to get her iPhone one. So that was when I used to wear the cell phones in the mall. So I remember that. Yeah, mine was just a person buying some clothes. But let's um, let's do what Canada does best, which is jump on American fuckery, so we don't have oh, to talk boy. about our own. So I didn't actually know this. So this was flying around the internet, and I don't think I've talked to you about this. So this will be fresh for you. Oh, um. Boy. So I've always heard um. Like, I've always heard Charlemagne and a lot of black people talk about the fact that they don't like Joe Biden because of the 94 crime bill that Joe Biden and Clinton signed. Yeah. Which, but at the same time, a lot of black delegates signed it, and the black caucus is the one that also signed it as well. And that was what put a lot of black people in jail, right? Hindsight's 2020. And people will hold Joe Biden to that sword. And I'm always like, okay, but you guys didn't help Clinton to it, and half of the black caucus did it. So what are we holding Joe Biden to? I've never really understood the hate for Joe Biden because so much people signed that bill, including Mm-hmm. black people live in america as well so judge joe brown and i've heard about this i've heard about this on so many podcasts but i've never really seen the clip so judge joe brown has been talking about joe biden for a while now let me give some context here okay so joe biden's been around for a long time mm-hmm. now people have already come out and already exposed the fact that Joe Biden, when he was first a senator, I believe, was against um, um, segregation in schools. He was he was anti-segregation. And there's 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 articles written on Joe Biden from back in the 60s about this. There's there's videos of Joe Biden from back in the 60s about this. this is very open. This is not it's not something that's hidden. Right. He was during the civil rights movement. He was anti-segregation. Joe Biden was basically a Republican. Um, now, Judge Joe Brown, because he was around back then, um, went on an interview, and I've heard the audio of it. So I have to find, I heard the audio on a podcast, actually, because I finally got to hear the audio. So with the audio, um, they used to call Joe Biden the White Hope back in the day. So he was basically a conservative libertarian, Okay. Now, in the video, Joe Biden is giving a speech um, about anti-segregation, and he says, and I quote, we can't let these niggas and cockroaches in our schools with our kids. These niggas need to stay on their side of the fence. We don't want these cockroaches going to school with our kids. Joe Biden was hollering, nigga and cockroach every other second. This is Joe Biden in his 20s and 30s. People have talked about the fact that he was anti-segregation. He's actually had to answer questions on it where he said- You mean pro-segregation? Sorry, I'm I'm saying it wrong. You're right, right. Post segregation. Is it pro segregation? Okay, sorry. People, I just wanted to make sure I understood. So he was pro segregation. No, no, no. It was post segregation. Post segregation. You're right. You're right. Republican at that point because now he's a Democrat, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So people, just making sure. people have 
people have asked him questions about the fact that in the past he was pro-segregation. And he acknowledged it by saying, oh, well, it was in the past. It was a different mentality. Joe Biden was out here like a KKK member, hollering niggas, screaming out cockroach, saying, I don't want them next to my children. I don't want them going to our schools. <laughs> Yo, listen, I'm never a fan of cancel culture. I'm never a fan, right? Justin Trudeau did blackface and Indian face two separate yeah. times. It's just funny when this shit comes to roost because this is the same guy that black people default voted for because they didn't want Trump. This is the same guy who said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. But he's sitting there hollering nigga in the 60s during the civil rights movement when Bernie Sanders was on the field trying to help black people. But you all wanted fucking Joe Biden, right? And it's funny because now I understand when people say that the reason why Obama picked Joe Biden was for the moderate conservatives and the moderate Democrats to agree with Obama. Because if Obama is this extra liberal progressive, then we need Joe Biden, who's that guy that yeah. older white men can kind of console with. And now Joe Biden's the president and he needed the black vote. So he picked up Kamala. It's all funny. It's American politics is always hilarious to me, but I'm going to try, I'm going to find the timestamp and send it to you. The way this guy was hollering out, these cockroaches. I need to see this. I need to hear it. I mean, I need, I, I want to hear this because now I'm just, but now, listen, I already heard all these things about Joe Biden, but Joe not Biden. that. <laughs> but now, well, 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 I think you heard that he was pro-segregation, right? I've heard that before. I heard that, but I, I never heard, heard any of his speeches. Before. What I'm saying is, like, when you just said that yeah. he was talking, but I've never actually heard any of the speeches because I wasn't sure if they were even, if they were recorded or not. You know what I mean? Niggas so. And Judge Joe Brown was talking about this because in back in those days, Judge Joe Brown was fighting for litigation to get passed so black people get it right. So he yeah. was in he was in the same rooms as Joe Biden here and Joe Biden do this. So this so is why was... when Joe Biden was running, Judge Joe Brown kept saying black people should never vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is trash. Joe He's Biden like, because I was there on the floor during legislature saying, trying to get this through. Wow. And I remember people saying Judge Joe, Judge Joe Brown was crazy. Judge Joe Brown don't look so crazy no more. No, but, because the recording you know, came out. <laughs> I, I just want to expose that for the viewers. I just everyone can go Google and look that up. It's out. It's out in the in the open there. I just want to leave that there. Um, or we'll do something better yet. We'll put the link in the description bar. We can we can put the link for the podcast in the description bar. Uh, but but yeah, that's uh that's that's your boy Joe. Now. Damn. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now it's it's one thing to know that he was like that. It's it's you already know that, and you're like, you know what? You can talk about it, right? But then when you actually can hear speeches from him, you can actually now take that thought that thought process that you had and combine it with that, and be like, hold on a second. Even though you can still, even though you can still be like, no, like why would he be? Why would he be pro segregation? Look at what the platform that he's running on, and obviously he picked up Kamala, and then you're having these discussions. Well, you have to remember he was a different guy back then. True, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disregarding that, but I'm saying, but it becomes different when you actually start hearing the recordings. You're like, okay, it may have a different time, but what changed your mind? Because that's pretty Joe hard. Biden that's that's that. pretty on for what you're saying. He's for for what has what you're saying. He said because you heard it. That's pretty like with a hard R. Yeah, yeah. Like, cockroaches. We don't want them. Mm. We don't want them with our kids. Yeah. Um. You know, but but um, America is America. Canada is Canada. And we live in a time where the sins of these countries will come to roost and they're yep. coming to roost. Now, <laughs> let's look at another, another American sin here because we have to. Um, your boy, Derek Chauvin. Actually, I'm going to let you take this one still. Go ahead. Oh, God, this guy? Okay, fine. Yeah. So, as we know, Derek, is it Chauvin or Chauvin? I always say his name wrong. 
Anyway, after he was found guilty of murdering George Floyd, the maximum sentence that was carried for it was 40 years in prison. We all were waiting. So we heard that he got, we heard that he was found guilty. We, now he was convicted and we had to wait for his actual sentencing to occur. So he has only been sentenced to 20 years. But the extra part to this is that he can actually only serve up to a minimum of 15 and still be let out. So even though he's been sentenced to 20, he may only have to serve up to 15 years in prison. But as we know, there is always appeals and appeals can also get a sentence reduced as well. Listen, I said this on this podcast. I said this on this podcast. I knew he was everyone never going like, to receive the maximum. Everyone was like, you know what, Derek Chauvin, he has to go to jail because George Floyd was what started all of the riots around the world. And I said, no, he's not. He's a police officer, right? And then when all the police officers were basically going against him and saying, yeah, he deserves to go to jail, I was like, okay, I didn't see that coming. Okay. But the, the Minneapolis police is under great scrutiny so i could see why they would do that it's more of a political move than mm -hmm. breaking the wall of silence and then when everybody wanted him to get 30 and that's what they were trying him for he ended up getting 22 and he can get out in 15 and we're not even talking about good behavior no that's including that's with good behavior that's including with good behavior okay, okay. so okay. even okay. if but, but I, just so I you know even coming. if he does appeal he still has to stay in prison while he is doing his appeals but it is yeah. possible that if he if he if he does if he is able to appeal one or two times because of the amount of time I think you can appeal every two or three years I can't remember I know it's like I think it's every For two sure. three years in Canada I don't know about the U.S. but the way their appeal system is it's quite long it is possible that he could appeal to the point where he gets out of prison. Bill Cosby was supposed to get no Bill Cosby got what was it fifteen and he's only spending five or three yeah. or some shit yeah something like that very short. Um, yeah, I saw this coming. I'm not shocked yeah. by any of this. Um, I saw this come in. I knew he was never going to rot in that bitch. He, you know what the joke is? There's cop killers who are in jail to the day they die, who have been in jail since the 70s. But I knew this was going to happen. Um, I'm not shocked. I'm not even mad, to be honest. It's just kind of like, i seen it coming, so I'm fine with it. Um, my expectations have got this low for, for American politics when it comes to their race relations. Um, I think because he didn't get off, there's not going to be any clawback from the black community in terms of riots or protests because he didn't get off. I think mm -hmm. the most that you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of black liberal pundits for the next decade using Derek Chauvin as a cultural point when they want to talk about racism in America and the criminal justice system. That's what I think. Well, it's already happening. I don't like, know if you've seen some of the tweets that have come out where there have been public defenders who have spoken about the fact that they were, they're like, I have someone sitting life in prison for stealing, I think it was like a screwdriver or some nonsense like that in comparison to what this man did. They're, it's already I happening. I wasn't, even, I wasn't even referencing that. No, I know, I was but, just but referencing, but I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just saying I that's, just that 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 okay. That's not what you were saying, but it's already happening where the comparison no, is I happening from people who work in the system who are like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, I, I was no, I agree with you. I agree with wholeheartedly. I was also referencing in regards to the black community. I think because they got some sort of justice, they're going to be okay with it. Uh, but I do think that what's going to happen, the only time it's going to get brought up now is when black political pundits that go on talk shows and the mm. breakfast club, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then you have like your Michael Eric Dyson and those type of people, all the hoteps, they're constantly going to use Derek Chauvin and his 22 years only serving 15 as like a punching bag point 
against the Republican Party or the American government and the political oh, yeah. system and the commercial system. That's, true. That's all that. this is going to be. From now on, until Derek Chauvin gets out, he's just going to be a political punching point for the left. That's, that's all they're going to do with it. I think else they can do. Yep. Only twenty. You know what? Let's let's get on something light. Let's get on something light. I feel like we've been 15. dark for a while in this. this no, I'm just. But it's dark. so interesting. It's like they were going for thirty. They were granted twenty-two, but with good behavior, he can be out in fifteen. And you already know that he's going to be separated from everybody because he's a cop. Mm-hmm. The cops are going to keep him. The only time the cops wouldn't take care of you is if you were like a child molester. And they're like, uh, so what'd you do? You killed a nigga? Oh, well, we'll keep you safe. They're going to keep him away from the black people in the jail. He's not going to well, be in the same room as any, them. He's not any, 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 with them. Anybody who's ever a cop white, or anyone the white who... Aryans, the white Aryans in jail are going to love him. I was just going to say, anytime that you're put in, your, if you're high profile, you are not put in general population because you will get killed. We already know that. So him being a cop is even worse. For him, if he was in gen pop, he's going to be completely isolated. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll. No, be... I'm, I'm happy he'll be isolated because then he'll have no one. But that's just that's just me being like that. And by the time he comes out, Trump's new Republican political party will have a pray for him. He'll be fine because that will probably be established when he gets out. He'll be fine. Um, let's talk about something a bit lighter, more, more, some more fuck. You know? Um, so Nick Cannon. <laughs> I do, I do like Nick Cannon. Are you going to talk about the um, fact think, that he has so many kids? Like, all at the same time? I think Nick Cannon is a very smart guy. I think when I listen to Nick Cannon talk in interviews, he's very intelligent, very articulate. Um, I know a lot of He has really great... He, look at he has pretty good, me, he has good media training. I think Nick... He's, 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 he's Mr. Nickelodeon, been famous... No, I know I'm saying, but he has really back. good media training, like, like Omarion. Remember watching Omarion interview? Both of them have really great media training to be able to oh, have a discussion. Yeah, like, damn. And so Nick Cannon, during COVID, COVID started in March of 2020. Nick Cannon yeah. has had, was it three to four babies during Well, he had COVID? another set of twins. He had another set of twins with one yeah, woman. Another set of twins. And then, and then I he think he has girl another girl pregnant. And then now his current girlfriend, I think, is also expecting. So tech, it's all like four kids. So there's four kids. He has been busy. With three different women. And they've all, they all must have got pregnant at the beginning of COVID or midway through COVID because some are showing, some are not. But Well, the twins are already born. The kids. The twins are already born. And then there's, a, I say, the twins are already born. And then there's the other one who I think is about to have the baby and then there's one who's like newly pregnant so this this, this is what i think this is what I so think. that means that the ones with the twins and the one who's about to have the kid had to be pregnant only a few like months apart mm-hmm. nick cannon was obviously during covid he was sitting there he had nothing to do he was dealing with the whole anti-semitic shit and he decided to fuck his depression out now McCannon is not the same as a future or a little boosie or uh, what's that nigga? NBA young boy. These people all have like over ten baby mamas with with thirteen kids, all this type of shit. Or Shoddy Low. He had he had a reality show. He was an old rapper back in the day in the early two thousands. He had a reality show in the later two thousands where he was talking about his sixteen baby moms and his twenty two kids, and he was nigga was going broke. It was fucking stupid. Now he's not one of these niggas. Now, you hear what I'm saying? I think Nick Cannon planned this. 
hear what I'm saying. The names Nick Cannon gave these kids, what was it, like Destiny and this and this and this and all these spiritual names. Now, Nick Cannon yeah. has talked about the fact that he has lupus. He's mentioned it many, many times throughout at least the last decade of his career. Well, he was hospitalized at one talked... point where Mariah was by his side because he almost died. Yeah, he's talked about how he's been in the hospital so many times. He's talked about how sometimes his legs have stopped working and the next day they work. He's talked about he's talked about the fact that he may die one day. And he has said in many interviews that because of that, once he got to a certain age, he has all the money he wants. He said, I'm going to live my life to the end because I'm going to die. He's been asked questions about what would he like to do before he dies? And he says, I would like to have a whole heap of kids. So I don't think Nick Cannon is crazy. I think people are trying to compare him to Future and all these other niggas who have who just impregnate bitches all the time. I don't think that's Nick Cannon. I think Nick. So you Cannon think that he did this so that he has like all these children who are his who are here when he is no longer here? Let's put it together. Let's put it together. Nick Cannon has had lupus since he was at least his childhood or early teen years. Lupus, he talks about as take away his motor skills, has put him in the hospital, has yeah. made him faint. Talked about this many, many times, right? Nick Cannon has two kids already with Mariah. Yeah, the two twins. Him and, Mariah, him and Mariah are divorced. Nick Cannon has talked about how he doesn't think that he will live for another 20 years, but he might get another 15 because as he gets older, the lupus gets worse. It gets but worse. he works out so much. Nick Cannon has talked about how he would love to have a whole farm of children and leave a legacy behind. He already has a huge legacy, Wild and Out, all, everything he's done for Nickelodeon. Yeah. He actually owns part of the Nickelodeon um, network, which he was once a major star on, along with Amanda Bynes. Nick Cannon has an impressive career, impressive career. Drumline will forever be a classic. The rest of his movies, so-so, but still an impressive career, okay? Um, Nick Cannon has mentioned this. Now, you want to know why, why I think this? Let's think about this. Nick Cannon is already has a medical disease where if anything happens to him, he can pass at any moment. He eats a certain way, works out, or so it is everything. COVID hits. Everyone that has a major illness during COVID is dying. Yeah, Everyone that has a major system. illness, everyone that has a major illness during COVID has had extreme anxiety in regards to their major illness. They've really had to rethink their life a lot of people who have major illnesses when COVID came up have had anxiety attacks. They've had to rethink their life. They've had to restructure the way they think about life, their whole entire career, because those are the people who really feel like they can die. Everybody else is like, you know, topsy-turvy. But people who have real medical illnesses are the ones who have really been going through COVID more than anybody else. Yeah. Like people don't even know this. Okay. So imagine Nick Cannon now. There's people out here that have a multiple of, of illnesses. Imagine Nick Cannon with lupus. COVID hits. I already feel like I only got a couple years left. Nick Cannon's in his 40s now. He already feel like he only got a couple years left. He already said he's not going to live past 60. Breathe. He's talked about this. I know. I think it's crazy he had another set of twins. I think that's kind of interesting. Most people don't have two sets like that, where he has one with Mariah and he has another set of twins. And and you you also got to look at Nick Cannon. You also got to look at Nick Cannon like this. Nick Cannon has been famous since he's been like, what, 14? Nick Cannon has been fucking since he's been 14. He's been rich and famous and a celebrity locally, internationally, whatever you want to call it. What I mean is that he's... 
he he can do what he wants since he's been forced. Yeah. Right. He's not he's not a future or a little boosie or NBA young boy who came out the hood, just got fame, and the first thing they did was fuck everything that watched. Yeah, but Nick Cannon also is a huge part has, of his children's lives. And now has a whole We've seen it. kids. Yeah. But what I'm saying, like usually it's these guys who come straight out the hood and now they have access to a bunch of girls they never had access to. And now they're just breeding everything. Right, it's but they also happening. are normally Cannon's not really involved in, in their kids' lives time. either. No, no, I'm, I, I'm they just have I'm them. I'm like, Nick Cannon actually cares about his children bodies. and wants what, the best for them. Well, from what I've well, seen that's, anyway. That's not the actual point, though. The point that I'm trying to make here is that a lot of these people that have multiple kids, they do it at the beginning of their career when the fame first happens. Because mm-hmm. they, they don't know how to handle the fame. So they sleep with everything. Nick Cannon has been famous basically for the last 20 years if he was going to breed he would have done it in the if nick cannon just couldn't control it it mm-hmm. would have been he the last 20 years nick yeah. nick that's what i'm saying nick cannon didn't start breeding until he got to mariah carey this guy already dated a bunch of models all these other superstars it was mariah carey was right yeah. it was mariah carey when he was in his late 30s early 40s that he finally decided to breed his whole life, he's been famous. He never did it, which tells me Nick Cannon is not no nigga off the street who just breeding bitches. So when people are comparing him to Future. I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. Future makes sense. I just came out the neighborhood. Oh, I didn't know they were comparing him. Okay. It, it, it's, it's all, yeah, people are comparing him to Future and Boosie and all these people. I'm like, no, these people just came out the neighborhood. It's all impulse. I've, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm with women I never thought I could be with. I'm going to breed everything. Nick Cannon Ben had that. Yeah. So for Nick Cannon to just have all these kids all of a sudden when he hasn't done this and he's been famous for the past 20 years, it's got to be calculated. You're probably right because you're saying that I don't watch his interviews all the time unless you send me clips when he's on Vlad. But if you're saying that he's always wanted to have children, the fact of the way that he's doing it, then yeah, he's having his kids and he's going to leave behind something because he owns part of Nickelodeon, which of them passed on to his children. And he, he he's has built an, he's built an impressive career on TV. I'll give him that from the hosting to everything that he's done. Like, yeah. And he sounds like somebody who's certain... also invested his money in certain things too. So his wealth is actually working for him. It's not as if Nick Cannon actually needs to work. His there's, money there's is working for him people, every day. There's certain people, if they have children, you have to know what's planned. It's like Jay-Z. Jay-Z's been famous. Nick Cannon's been famous since 1996. Jay-Z's been famous since 1996. Same shit. Jay-Z has never had a kids until Beyonce. It, it, uh, like, oh, we, we, we're not going to sit here and say Jay-Z wasn't fucking. He was. So I think there's certain people who know what they want in life and they wait. And then there's certain people who are just like, you know, your boosies, your this, they just explode everywhere. So, so I, I got money, I got chains, plans. I got diamonds, I got grills, I, I got cars, it. I got houses. Let's do this. That's literally what they sound like. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. They they just don't care. They're like they're, they're like they're, they're like if if they're literally in it and it's good, they're like you know what I'm just I'm just gonna squirt off in it because I could take care of it anyway. It's just not a bill to me. And and then when they get older and realize that all these kids hate them even though they paid all their college tuitions, it's it's just a cycle of ignorance. But yeah, I yeah. think Nick Cannon planned I think Nick. Cannon, I can see that Nick Cannon doesn't. After you explaining me. it the way that you did, it does seem like yeah, he planned just, it. It makes sense now, right? I just I just can't yeah. see like you spent your whole life not doing this like. The Amanda Bynes show and all that was 1996. Like, you were 14. You've been famous. Yeah, I used to watch that. I used to think you, it was hilarious. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Had to be. It, it it has to be something where he just doesn't care anymore. He's just like, I'm, I have a plan, and I'm not going to be here long. 
and I'm going to leave this world to my kids and all my wealth. And I'm going to spread my seed so my name continues on. They're all going to be cannons. That's what he's doing. That's hilarious. But, so, I have, I've been thinking about something. And I have a topic I want to discuss with you here. So, everyone is um, afraid to get the vaccines, right? Me and you both got our first shot. Yep. Everyone's afraid to get the vaccines because people are just anti against vaccines. We had anti-vaccine people from before this who didn't want their kids, who didn't want to give their kids vaccines so their kids won't go to school. Now we have a whole... You don't know what to believe, to be honest. To be honest, I don't know what to believe. I just trying to try to stay in the middle, stay moderate. I'm not saying the anti-vaxxers are wrong. I'm not saying the people who love vaccines are right. I'm just in the middle on the topic. Now, I thought about this, right? And in our society, the two things we complain about is vaccines. And we also complain about all the pesticides that are in our food and all the chemicals that are in our food. Now, I thought about this. Ever since society has had vaccines, now I'm not saying this is right, I just want to bring up a topic. Ever since society has had vaccines or chemicals essentially a part of our farming or a part of our animals to make the animals grow faster so we can kill them faster or to make the, the plants grow faster so we can farm faster, right? Ever since we've had these things, you know, you can now get strawberries off season, all sort of bullshit. The life, people's lives have lived longer. Now, mind you, you can go back in time and one could say, well, there was a lot of ways to die back then, right? I'm not denying that. But people are now living past 100. People are now living past 110. Soon 120. Right? People always say that, like, when I, when I was younger, if you were 60 or 70, you were old. Now, 60 and 70 ain't nothing. Old is when you're like 80. Then you're like, okay, they're old. 60, 60 is like the new middle age. <clears throat> and I guess what I'm trying to say is this stuff has actually helped us because it's improved the longevity of individuals' lives. We now live longer. It's more fruitful. We're not dying of, well, back in, okay, way, way back in the day, you would die of diarrhea. That was a long time ago, but. And you die of dysentery. We're living longer, though. But what, what, what do you think about that? Let me hear what you think about that. Then I'll see where so, I'm going with it. Here's the thing. When it comes, when I think about the way that the world has changed, like, the very first time you had any form of, like, inoculation, because it used to be called inoculation before, is when I think there was, it's actually during the reign of like Queen Victoria. Um, I believe that she was the one who actually opted to take the, this is before a vaccine was anything. She took like the pus of a person who had suffered, I believe it was from smallpox or something else. And she took it and put it under a small cut underneath their skin. And you would get like a fever from it because technically the pus was infected. That was the first stage of inoculation where they would actually just take it off of a dead body, which is still very, very messed up and not like it is today. But then you would have people who, like you said, you could die from diarrhea back before because they didn't know that you needed to stay hydrated and not drink wine. And there were other things. You could die from dysentery on the battlefield, from drinking water that was contaminated. Um, 
you know, you would die in surgeries because of the fact that they didn't really know what they were doing, you know, cutting off limbs, all those kinds of things. And then you had people who were later on, it was people dying from um, whooping cough, polio. Uh, what else is there? There was still smallpox, uh, chickenpox. You could die from chickenpox at one point. And there's all these different things. And then eventually vaccines are created and given to people when they were children to help protect them against these things. Not necessarily that you couldn't catch it, but it gave you antibodies to hopefully if your body could produce the antibodies to help you fight that said virus to give you a fighting chance. Because a vaccine is not a cure. It is just something to help your body fight that little bit harder that it needs for you to survive. When it comes to food, yes, before when you used to farm you would only be able to get strawberries during strawberry season, blueberries, blackberries, um, bananas, like anything that you can think of that we can get all year round at one point was only farmed during a particular part of the season. And when you think about the way that food was before, food was only like an abundance of small things. So like you didn't really have a lot of options of what you could eat until much later. Now, we don't use uh, pesticides anymore because pesticides are apparently very, very bad. And we don't really use those now. It's other types of things that they spray on the fruit to keep bugs away, but it's not, it's not classified as a pesticide because the pesticides are found to actually be poisoning the actual earth that the plant was growing out of. And then it grew into the food and that can actually cause something to happen. I don't actually see a problem with vaccines because I've seen that vaccines have obviously protected us because well, like we don't have polio anymore. Whooping cough really oh, isn't a thing. Oh, Whooping cough only came a thing um, a few years ago when people, when individuals decided not to vaccinate their children, whooping cough actually came back. Well, you, you can also look at it this way, right? No, I'm just using it as an example because it was a bunch no, no, of things. No, no, so no, it was no, like no, no, being exposed to it. But, so I don't see an issue. I don't see an issue with vaccines. I think that vaccines have helped improve our lives. They've extended our livelihoods. So is medical care. Medicine has come a very long way from someone thinking that a female's internal organs are just a male's inverted organs, which is what they used to think. But you, you can also look at it this way, right? So there, the reason why I brought up the pesticides or the spraying of the fruits in general, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and hormones that are given to animals. There, <laughs> and the hormones are given to animals. Use that as well, right? Because look at it this way. There are countries that don't give animals hormones. There are countries that don't spray the, the fruits and vegetables to, to take away the bugs. Mm -hmm. There are countries that don't spray the fruits and vegetables so they can last longer, so they yeah. stay fresher longer. And on a day-to-day -day basis, we have a higher rate of living than they do. Yeah. We have a lower mortality rate, we live longer. It's interesting, isn't it? Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there are negatives to this. <laughs> no, no, no. Is, I, I guess, is, I guess what, what I'm, there's what always I'm a, trying there's to always say. There's always a negative. There's a positive. That's just the way that it works. It has where, to be balanced. Where, where, my, where my main point is, I'll just say what my point is now, is that I think that there are negatives and positives. So I'm saying that I can see the negative parts of pesticides and vaccines and all of these things. But there has to be some positives because... A lot of people would say that the positive outweigh the negative because of the fact that you get yeah, such depends. a benefit from it's it. It's like, it's like, it's like I have cancer, but I've now lived till a hundred. 
No, no, what I'm saying is some people will say the positives of what can come out of it outweigh the amount of negatives that actually occur. Don't get me wrong. There are people who have reactions to the vaccine, which were unheard of at one point because not everybody is built the same. There are people who sometimes yeah, have reactions to even eating certain foods if there's too many hormones or body reacts to it. Yeah, like I was talking about the person who told me that like metal, I'm magnetized now, and my, like if I put a key to my face, it's gonna stick. And I'm like, obviously, you didn't go to grade school because yeah. When you told me that, I laughed because after but, I got my vaccine, I tried it, the key fell off. Like it works. Because <laughs> we did that. We, we used to do that back in school. You'd get a penny right. and put it to your head, and right? Like, but you have to hold it there for a certain amount of time for it to stick. But that person but did not say I had that, to do that's that. what they're doing. That's what they're doing in the videos. In the videos, yeah, they're literally that, holding no. it. No. To their head for like five minutes and then yeah, let it go and be like, it naturally, like No, that's not how it works. You should be able to, if you're magnetized, that means as soon as you pick it up and do this, it should suck to your head automatically. Like an actual people, magnet. People, people want to believe what they want to believe, sadly. They just don't remember the past. I think, but, you know what it is? I think that one of the reasons, too, that people are so nervous, especially when it comes to the COVID 19 vaccine, is the fact of how fast they were able to develop it. Now, as yeah, we have witnessed, I'm, I'm not saying it's 100. Oh, no, no, no. It's 100 either. So I. Oh no, I'm not saying that either. But I'm saying this: how fast they were able to develop it. But then, have you seen? Have you seen those ads for the commercials for the COVID-19 vaccine, where they talk about how they were able to develop it? If you have any questions, and it's about the fact that they it was actually the abundance of money and the fact of how they got pumped into the research. And the fact that because of what it was for different strains that they have studied before, that they were able actually to take that said money with the previous research and apply it and do it. Like they, have you seen those commercials? No, I haven't seen those commercials. So, the, so anyone who doesn't know, there are these commercials running in Canada that pretty much what it does is, is if you have any questions about the COVID-19 vaccine, that you can go on and you can actually ask these questions. It's normally like an FAQ of the most commonly asked questions. So one of them is, how were you able to develop a vaccine so fast based off of something that came so quickly and did so much damage? So one of the part of the response to that was the idea of saying, well, not only do we have research of previous strains of apparently there are other strains of COVID that have been around that just weren't as big. And then, you know, we had like SARS and all those other kinds of things, which are other versions of like H1N1, all that nonsense. So all of the research from the previous things that have already occurred in history being applied to the COVID-19 vaccine, the amount of money that they actually received, the fact that they were willing participants who were willing to get injected with the first version of it, because everything happened so quickly and they actually had that, they're trying to say that all of these things lining up, obviously money, research, and previous flus and diseases that have happened led to them being able to make a cocktail that should turn into a vaccine. So that's what the ad is about. It's about telling you that you can ask these questions because they're saying when you have the ability to have the research of previous strains of things, because they were able to take data from other flu viruses and be able to match it up against COVID and see if there was any commonality and things that were different to be able to test it to then create that said vaccine. Now I am not a scientist, nor am I a doctor, but that's what they said. <laughs> Okay, so let me let me let me let me get your perspective on something else. I don't know if you've seen this, but I'll explain it to you. Okay. So when COVID first came out, it came out of Wuhan, China, mm -hmm. and everyone's saying that they didn't know where the virus came from. They were saying right. it came from a, from a bat or a pig or whatever the animals were in the food market because they had exotic animals in the food market, and that's what mm -hmm. that's what everybody blamed as the source. So that was the propaganda mm -hmm. behind it. All of a sudden, Google and Facebook and all the social medias and YouTube, if you said anything about the vaccine that was negative or anything about COVID that was negative, they would take you off or they would send you the message. You know how that Yeah, worked. and they would take down your post. Now, it's interesting because all of the things that were once banned 
are now not being banned anymore. They're now being openly talked about. So I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen this, but Jon Stewart um, was on Stephen Colbert's The Late Night Show, right? Mm-hmm. So Jon Stewart has always been like a kind of a... Um, he's always went there as a comedian. I've always... Mm-hmm. I, I think people appreciate that in general. So him and Stephen Colbert are friends. So it could have been planned, might not have been planned, but John went on there and had a little rant about COVID. He said some interesting things. I don't know if you saw this flying around. So in his rant, he was talking about how in Wuhan, I didn't actually, so I wouldn't. I don't know what you're talking about. So this should so be interesting. So he was talking about the COVID vaccine coming from Wuhan, and he was talking about how everyone's trying to make it seem like it came from an animal or a bat or any of this type of crap. But in Wuhan, there is a Wuhan vaccine. There was a there was a in Wuhan. There's a COVID nineteen. What is it? COVID nineteen disease control center. So this has already been there. This was there before the COVID-19. There was a COVID-19 disease control center where they've already established that in the COVID-19 control disease center they've had up for the past two years or the past, well, two years prior to COVID is what I mean. They created the vaccine. And they were the vaccine testing or the virus? The they created the virus, sorry. Okay. And they were testing the virus out on different animals and different things to see. And that was how the virus got out. And when and when and I remember, I remember people on the internet saying it came from Wuhan, China, from the COVID nineteen vaccine from the COVID nineteen. Yeah, okay, so I think ultimately, the COVID, so ultimately, ultimately, COVID was manufacturing, is what you're trying to say. And this is and this is and the way that John did it was so beautiful because he just he just dropped it right on them, and it was so beautiful. He's just like, well, wouldn't the wouldn't the COVID nineteen disease come from the COVID nineteen disease center that came out two years before COVID nineteen? So obviously this is where the COVID nineteen disease came because they obviously created COVID nineteen in the COVID nineteen disease center, and that's why they named it COVID nineteen after the disease center was created. And it was just funny because people have been trying to stop this type of conversation from happening, and John Stewart says it, and everyone's like, mm. "So it's interesting." It so is. essentially, very similar to AIDS. This is a man-made disease. And now that it's a man-made disease, now everybody becomes open to all the conspiracy theories. Because similar to AIDS, right? People people have been fucking for years. People have been having mass orgies for years. You go back to Roman and Greek times, you've done this for years. Syphilis, gonorrhea, all of this stuff was yeah. always around. Back in the day, if you got syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, you just wait for your dick to fall off and you die. That was what it was back in the day. They they have. Um, I remember I was reading a book in school for. Um, it was like a book in and around the Les Miserables book. So it was in that time of France, and they were talking in the book. They were talking about how the prostitutes, how their vaginas were like black and purple from all the diseases. There was no condoms, right? So you took your risk. People, chlamydia, gonorrhea, all this stuff was around back then, and that was like when penicillin came out. It killed all those things. AIDS was never around. Herpes and all that was around. AIDS was never around. AIDS AIDS didn't come until the 80s. People have been fucking for years. Prostit- prostitution was at its wildest during the medieval times when they had whorehouses. We've yeah. all seen Game of Thrones. It's, <laughs> it's better now. And you're telling me that n- this disease never existed and somehow in the 80s, AIDS comes out and it's only affecting the gay and black neighborhoods. So people have already talked about how the government created this to affect the gay and black neighborhood and how 
it's already been man-made. Now, do I believe that AIDS is man-made? Of course. Now, the, the the propaganda behind AIDS was that somebody in Africa fucked a gorilla. Same way the propaganda behind COVID-19 is somebody is some some bat that somebody was eating, right? That's always the propaganda. Yeah. But there's lots of countries where they eat bats. There's lots of places in countries where they eat bats. I'm pretty sure every country that has bats, if you go into the poor country areas, they eat that shit. That's how it works in most countries. They eat the food in the poor country areas. So people have been eating bats for years. And that's why I look at it and I'm like, the same way AIDS is man-made, COVID is man-made. And mind you, I don't think COVID is some political agenda to make some world government like everyone says. I just think that a disease was created in China for whatever reason, we don't know. That's that's <laughs> the biggest speculation. Was yeah, the disease like, well, created, was the it was created for, for population control because China has a high population and China would love to lower it? Was the disease created to send to another country? Was the disease created because China was just, because why would China be trying to create a disease? What are they trying to do with it? What's the point of disease, right? They're not explaining that. But we do know the disease was created in Wuhan, China, in the COVID-19 center, and that's why it's labeled COVID-19. But, um, yeah, it's very interesting. Well, what's really funny is the fact that in most in most disease centers across in different countries, including in Canada, you know um, how they, you know, the Spanish influenza, how they called it the Spanish influenza, even though it didn't originate in Spain? Yeah. So, you know how that for years and years and years, you never really sure how it kills anybody, the Canadian, uh, the Canadian Disease Control Center has a, has an actual sample from the bone of a deceased person who died with Spanish influenza. And they've extracted the Spanish flu. It's in a tube in Canada on ice. And it gets studied. <laughs> the funny thing is, when you actually think about it... But that's the way a that, whole disease. Yeah, what I'm saying is, but regardless, when you think about it, the best way... For anyone to make a vaccine is to study any strain of a flu from that being that old because it killed a lot of people who were really really young and then there was a second wave of it remember so it's like you are able if you if you manufacture a disease and then it somehow gets out you should be able to manufacture a vaccine that's the purpose if 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 you manufacture if you manufacture a disease, that the means that you normally quick. that's what I'm saying. You normally have something that's a tester of an actual vaccine. That's my point. My point is is that regardless of all these things that are locked up in these places on ice, there is always a version of a vaccine that has not been approved that go that coincides and matches with whatever disease it is that they're messing with or that they've created. Well, my question my question to you is this: before we eventually end the podcast, why do you think that they were creating? Of disease it's one thing if a disease already comes out and then you're trying you're capturing the disease to try to find a cure why were you creating a disease that's a good question i actually don't know i feel like the creation of a disease potentially is to be able to release it somewhere and see what happens because the only way to test a disease is to release it and see what happens who dies how fast did that how old were they did they have a heart problem did they have this was it here was it this particular minority was it this majority what country did it affect the most what happened after it's to gain data the whole point of doing this is to gain data because then you can research it later and use it later now (laughs) so it's a fact that china created the disease Let's just leave it yeah. for now. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about the Chinese people. I'm talking about the Chinese government. 
So the Chinese government um, is communist government that controls its own people and also tries to control the neighboring um, past Chinese countries around them, a.k.a. Taiwan. So why would they be creating a disease? You got to think about it. Were they doing it to hit their own population? Because they've been overpopulated for years. Were they doing it to shut Taiwan up and, you know, send it over there and kill a few people off and then say, hey, well, we'll give you money to help you build back your country. We'll do the American thing. Come to us. Were they going to put in a different country? It becomes very interesting because now nobody knows, right? Why you know what the most interesting thing disease? is? They cre- a disease was created there, like you said. It got out. And then China was able to build how many hospitals in like three days? They were able to do so much and show the world their capability because that's exactly what they did. Remember how impressed everyone was like, did you hear that they built a hospital wherever in China and like they built it in Wuhan to house all those people in two days? Then it was, do you hear about the research that's going into what's going on over there? They actually made themselves impressive to a certain degree. Listen, man, when I heard they built a hospital in like three days, I was like, they did what? <laughs> even well, I was impressed. I was like, how did you uh, build a hospital that quickly? It's like a pop-up. I was like, how did that even happen? I'm not saying nothing, but we're and it was definitely a fully, on the same page. It was a though. fully functioning hospital, man. With like electricity, outlets, water, everything. And like, I was like, how? And then also when they stopped, and then at one point they actually stopped giving their numbers, but then they were able to get it under control. Then they had drones. Why are you outside? All these different things that were making the news about what they were doing to contain, what they were doing about testing, what they were doing about this and all these cool things that was happening. And then as soon as they were able to get under control, it went silent. And then you watched everyone else suffer. Okay, I just wanted to leave you with that. I just wanted to create that thought piece in everyone's mind. Uh, listeners, thought piece. I feel like in. I did most of the talking at that point because I went. <laughs> no, I just, I just want to create. The, I just want to create the question: Why would they create it? So our listeners can create their own ideals to that. But that, that's, I just want to ask that question: Why did they create it? That's it. That's all I want to. That's true. And of course, if we and 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 obviously, if we can find, if you can find that clip for John Stewart, it'll be down there so you can actually watch it yourself if you want to. After listening to this, if you want to understand what we're talking about. Yeah, I have to um, find the If you can find it or if I can find it, it will be there. But as usual, most links are always in the down bar. Always check there. But that was actually a really interesting topic. No, that was actually an interesting way to end it because I'm like, all right, food for thought. Anyone else with a conspiracy theory, theory, let us know. We want your thoughts. (laughs) Did I already explain my conspiracy theories about the fact that we're the aliens, right? Yes. Did I talk about this on here? That we're the aliens or, or when we were talking about how we developed from apes? Yeah, no, no. That, that, was, that was how I started it off. Yeah, that's how that, we started talking about it. And you said and that you said thought that, that we, we were the aliens. We are the aliens because everything yeah. else matches the planet. Okay, so I didn't talk about that. Okay. So you guys are already used to my conspiracy theories. That's, that's the only one I have is really the alien one. That's not even a conspiracy theory. I just, I just you know, just understand with it. Uh, but yeah, why did they create the virus? That's my question. You guys what purpose did it serve? Yeah, just let me know. I haven't I haven't said anything about it. I didn't say anything bad or whatever. I just want to know why. That's it. Why? 
Oh my gosh. As usual, guys, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like this video, hit the notification bell so you know next time when we upload. We also upload clips of the pod. So if you're ever wondering why these random videos are here, it's because they're clips. So you should then listen to the entire podcast is what I'm trying to say. Anyway. And we will catch you in the next one. Bye, guys. Thank <laughs> you.